The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and often comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. Fight! Lengua, like the beef tongue. Yeah, have you had beef tongue? <clears throat> I don't think I've had it before. Oh, so, oh, go, it's so go far. To, go to Mex out when you leave here, mm-hmm. and it's on. It's on Veterans Memorial or, or K Pasta Taco. Yeah, or K Pasta. Yeah, K Pasta Taco's good little street tacos. I actually tacos. like Mex out's lengua better. I think it's I, more I, tender. I, I don't know if I've had Mex out. It's fantastic. Do I they mean, have trepas? Uh, I don't. I don't like tripe. Dude, but these the essays fucking do you it right. They, it don't have no barnyardy funk to it yeah, at all. Like I don't like like tribe. somebody. Is it the tongue of a bovine, or is it something they just call it's that? bovine tongue? Yeah, okay. But it's, uh, uh, the lengua is fantastic. It's the beefiest beef you've ever had, and it's yeah. so just tender. Yeah. Fantastic. Hey, what what's Q out there on thirty one W? Oh, uh, it's like a K Bueno. Uh, no, no. Oh, it, Q it's the, Q. It's like a bagel shop. All right. It's, yeah, and Kalu yeah. was mad about it. Kalu called me up talking about reviewing it. And I'm like, look, look, we'll give him some time and then we'll burn that motherfucker to the ground, baby. Yeah, I just I wasn't feeling the uh um the fact that I got we got three bagels and look, three here coffees. You go. Here you and go. And it was yeah, it was twenty seven dollars. And I was man. just like he said that the spread wasn't the right consistency, like the spread was like Yeah, it wasn't. Like it had been extra, extra whipped, yeah. almost watered down. Yeah. If you can make like a Really? A, yeah. Yeah. I want like a if you're if I'm gonna Clue pay a bunch of money for like a bagel, and I truthfully I didn't know that it was gonna be that much. Um I'd want some like some nice thick I, Oh, like a big schmear. Yeah. Like a fucking schmear. Yeah, a fucking schmear. I come here for a fucking schmear and not yeah. just bullshit. Yeah, I just I wasn't I just wasn't mm-hmm. pleased with it. So yeah. I was like, you know what? We're gonna give him some time though. And, and I yeah. told him we yeah. I would go back with him. But uh I don't know if I wanna go down the rabbit hole of uh of us becoming critics of local uh spots unless we're lauding them because uh I'll criticize anyone. Do better. I, if you suck, I I will. I'm not afraid of it if it gets brought up. But goddamn, people already hate me enough. You know. What oh I'm god. <laughs> I remember when that one dude got butt hurt because you told him you said his food wasn't that great. I, which one? The one in Glasgow. Oh yeah, the motherfucker that owns. Uh, now I will say that. What what is it called? <laughs> I can't uh, remember. It's the gastronomy place on the square in Glasgow, and um, fundamentally they just dropped the ball. Like I went in there with my my mm. little seventy something year old mama. Give me a grilled cheese sandwich, and I, I think it was some type of soup, mm-hmm. and absolutely like the most lackluster fucking everything. And when you present something as a gastro pub, gastronomy place, and you show up in a grilled, what does cheese, that mean? I'm well, sorry. gastronomy is supposed. Do you know what that it, means? It's yes. it's the know. chemistry of cooking. It's un. Why it's a does fun, it need to be called that? Then? Well, because, well, it was. It, it's referring to whatever that Latin medical term is that that means stomach. Oh, and, okay. and it's a fun. Yeah, and it's a fundamental understanding of, about how 
chemicals interact in a meaningful and bring way flavor together. to create it. Yeah, it's like mad okay. scientist shit with okay, food. Okay, I can respect that then. Because if, if you would look at conventional cooking, conventional cooking is more akin to like folk knowledge. Okay. Gastronomy is the scientific... Science. Yeah, and and also there's a little bit of like mystique behind it too because people will take elements of things that you normally wouldn't see like smoke and stuff like cold smoke yeah. set like it up that underneath something. That gives more uh dimension to that to that uh moniker. I didn't know that was there, but when we first, we got our first one that really good one over off of Fairview, I asked that a few yeah. years ago, four or five years ago. And um, I was like, why is it called that? I thought it was just a European thing. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Gastronomy, man. Like, whenever it first popped on the scene, it meant something. It Uh it fucking, it it really did mean something whenever I was hearing about it as like a buzzword. But uh, anymore, it's one of those, that's all it is, is a buzzword. Sure. I like that guy, um, Alton, what's his name? Alton Brown. Yeah. Yeah. He'll just say it too. too. Yeah, he's real cool, man. Every time of year, this time of year, he'll be out, you know, know, know telling people not to do stupid things. The rare, it's it's a rarity when I make fried chicken, but my recipe is, my my method for cooking it is based off of Alton Brown. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So You get your fried chicken recipe from a white man? No, his method for making it. Uh, oh, the gastronomy. Well, the Nigerians don't make fried chicken. So. For real? Uh, no, no. Why not? We just I mean, we don't. Everybody we don't. makes fried chicken. Yeah, you're like the fuck. No, I thought it was like. Well, what, what's you up can, with this? You can Popeye fry sandwich. Everybody's going crazy about. It. Man, it's, don't Popeye's get me started so on far that away. shit. Fo- folks are getting shot or something. The fucking cootery of yeah of of I saw a lady Popeye's get body slammed. Yeah, yeah this stuff is, it's making, it. listen, it's making black people stupid. That's what it's doing. Sure is making us well, the look video, bad. Well, the video I saw bad, was, dude. I saw some white folks having it out, too. Like, it For was real? two white women fighting in the Popeye's drive through <sighs> and then a, a smallish dude that was the boyfriend of one of the women tried to intercede, but he did so in a way that um, enlisted the protective instincts of the other woman's uh, Paramore, who was a much larger and much more predisposed to violence type of individual. Yeah. So this oh, tiny shit. dude grabbed homeboy's girlfriend to pull her off of his girlfriend instinctively. Yeah. There wasn't no malice. It wasn't like, I'm going to beat this bitch yeah. up. Yeah. He was just like, oh my God, she's mopping my girlfriend. I'm going to pull yeah. her off of my girlfriend. And then homeboy just what come nuts. down with the hand <laughs> of Jehovah on him and Popeye's fucking drive through. I just, I hate, I hate Damn. the commercials. Like that lady's like, come on down to Popeyes, that yep. black lady, and it's just, Hate it. it's just, yeah, it's some old Michigan us, J frog oh, ass dude. Shit. It's making yep. me sick when I see it, and Man. then like everyone's posting about, it and I just, I don't. It's a chicken sandwich that's Did like four dollars. Yeah, it, it hey. went away. I don't know oh, why. For everybody I, in I Bowling Green, it. I've never ate Popeyes for, before. For everybody in Bowling Green, I just want to make the bold assertion that fuck all the dumb shit. If you want the fabled best chicken sandwich in the Warren County area, you go to motherfucking Home Cafe because their fried yeah, chicken it's, it's sandwich is serendipitous. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's bananas. It. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just because I wanted, I was like, okay, what are people going crazy about? So I went and bought one. I went and bought one of the Popeye's chicken sandwiches. And and, and I, I Did you it. look at it and frown first? No, I just, I looked I, at it and I was like, like, okay, this is the chicken. It's like a big piece of chicken. And then I bit into it and I was like, 
Yeah, it tastes like chicken with pickles and, and shit like that. Damn. Why are people wanting to kill each other? We have a Popeyes in this town. Yeah, yeah. there's it's, it's out near East. Uh, yeah, Warren East on Louisville Road. Of course it is. Yeah, it's all the way out. Wow. Yeah, it's just. I don't. I just don't understand it. I don't Double. understand how something like this can like make people well, go I think this our, crazy. Our minds are not our own, man. I keep saying, yeah. it. I've been saying it for a while. Well, we, and it, it's the it's the buzz to do. The buzz centered around is it being like antithetical to the uh, forbidden fruit that is the Chick Fil A sandwich. What? So I, that, I don't even understand oh, the Chick Fil A sandwich a connection to well, that. Oh. See, See, you just cynical across the board about chicken sandwiches. See, the Chick-fil-A sandwich is a special thing because it makes me occasionally go against my ethical fucking principles. Because, like, at work... I mean, I just had it when I was in college. I was like, there was nothing else there. It was quick. That's that's literally my connection that I see with Chick-fil-A. I was like, oh, I'd be, you know, I need to go and grab a sandwich or grab lunch really quick. You know, swipe my meal dollars or whatever. And I'd eat a chicken sandwich well, and, and go. And also, that's not just it with Chick-fil-A anymore. The part uh, Again, part of their overarching image is that Chick-fil-A, you can almost be 100% certain that somebody didn't drag their penis across your sandwich before they gave it to you. <laughs> I'm unmatched serious. Unmatched service. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It, it, is. it is absolutely unmatched. And, and I will tout their business models. Fantastic. The way that they, their employees treat people. Yeah, so, so if you look at all this like conflated basically shit that surrounds it like this fably shit that surrounds the chick-fil-a sandwich or chick-fil-a in general to present something because there's not there before that there was nothing that even fit that niche chick-fil-a occupied the fried chicken sandwich with pickles the little pack of bread like full breast breaded nuggets with all the dipping sauce it's like Waffle fries, there wasn't nothing like that shit. Mm. So to create something that's presented as antithetical to the the gay hating Jesus chicken is automatically going to be a little bit of a a buzz well, creator. That, I guess. That, that's but, where I was wondering if you were going to because I, that's the thing I know Chick Fil A. It's got some I don't know some I guess you call it controversy about. So I was wondering if that's what you were going to say. I guess now I have the picture. I didn't know. I didn't know what the. Big I don't deal understand. Was. Well, and again, I, Popeyes. I, well, and I think you're onto something with the whole like there is an exploitative element. They're that, like ex- they're absolutely they're always, exploiting all black the, people. All, well, it is 100. percent It's making a caricature of black folks, and it's not. It, now listen, if if we could be certain in any way that that a meaningful amount of this money was going back into black pockets. Fucking whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The sky's the limit. You know, make your money, whatever. But if you're actively using this. Yeah. Zip, zap, zibbity, blip, blah. Come on down to Popeye's. If you're using My brother, come and get some Popeye's. And then, like, Todd, the and then Todd yep. gets a big fatty bonus at the yeah, end of dude. it. Then, yeah, that's, that's pretty exploitative, to be quite honest with you. I am just, maybe I am just cynical. Well, you are know. cynical as fuck, but you onto something in some ways. But when you told me I don't even understand the Chick Fil A sandwich, I was like, oh, Kalu's just irrational. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> he, just, he can't be fucking trusted, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I will eat hut, hut salad. <laughs> you will eat, not anymore. I hope. No, I hope no. you learned your lesson. Yeah, I haven't touched this hut since salad. Then. God damn it. Sorry. Okay, so. I want to, I think one of the things, if we can continue with this is with, if we can continue with the momentum we were building up before I hit the record button, 
I want to see if you guys want to talk about this whole thing of people liking the you said the op, like viewing something as an object rather than a Inf- subject information information, infor- yeah. information yeah. U- utilized yeah. as yeah. an object versus information utilized as a subject and, and again I want to I want to give a story too before that well, before and, and we have to imbue the term using information as a subject entails utilizing it subjectively yeah. that's the only way that we can utilize information is through our own subjective fucking interpretation mm-hmm. but therein lies the utility of it as well. So it has to be mitigated between the two things. The object of information, how it's held in your mind, yes. is where you can mold it, shift yes. it, um, expand upon it, uh, kind of, I guess, prune it a bit as yeah. well. But the subject, when you take information and it's subject, mm-hmm. then it's, it's, it's put into practice. Yes. And I think overwhelmingly anymore what's happening is we are being bombarded with information and we're not being discerning consumers there Mm -hmm. of information. People are telling us, they're feeding us basically what they want for the most part. I mean, look at your Facebook. Like I was looking at finishing my graduate program. Like what would be the easiest place for me to finish my graduate program? It'd be reasonable. And then, and this is on my laptop, which yeah. I don't have any social media on my laptop whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'm on there just Googling shit. And then all of a sudden, literally everything on my Facebook feed is, is, on. is that shit. So the thing is, if we aren't creating these fucking boundaries when it comes to being discerning consumers of information, if we are just going with the flow and letting like this radiant information energy just flood all over us uh we're victims i mean we really have no personal utility when it comes to that shit well all right so when when you're when we talk about or in my head when i see information as a subject versus an object at what point where does the the like personal experience and where does your your point of view come in is that when it's a subject or is that when it's an object that whenever see that's that's the thing is that there has to be reciprocity between those two things yeah. information utilized subjectively and retained subjectively is okay somebody can live and know everything there is about uh spelunking when it comes to mammoth cave mm-hmm. but they've grown up in mammoth cave does that make them an expert yes. on on anything other than Mammoth Cave. Yes. Okay, so here here's my story. Um right now my my football team fucking sucks. Okay? I hate saying it, but we suck. Don't nobody care. Shut up. No, I'm no, a he, Dolphins no, no, fan. Don't no, 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 no. Here, here's the thing. So everyone is I, I'm I'm reading online and people are just like when they talk about the plays that happen people analyze plays as if the person on the ground can see every single thing that you can see from your high up point of view yeah so people have they're like well why couldn't they just do this thing he's like, wide open right here yeah. obviously this this quarterback's an idiot and they say this kind of stuff and it's like people just don't understand that it's completely different when you're down there i get what you're getting at yeah, that's, then, that's a beautiful thing but but you are down there yeah. That's the thing. You are in the game, yeah. But but you can't see the forest for the trees, yeah. kind of. Yeah. And so now, like, I also look at people who who seem to to have commentary on on other people's lives and stuff like that, but they're not living them. 
And it's it's like, of course, you're going to be able to see the things that this other person is not able to see because you're on the outside. You're you're taking in that information as an object. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. And you're again, t- it's it it is represented as kind of an abstraction in your mind. It's an object. And then you attach, again, just for the sake of what we're discussing, you you attach objectivity to it. There is no bias, generally speaking, for something you you retain superficially. Mm. If you know information superficially, there's no fucking bias. It's not been put into action. It doesn't matter. And we're we're talking about like even if you're misinformed. You know, if you if you hold some dumbass fucking viewpoint, um, holding that dumbass viewpoint and not attaching any kind of like emotional value to that shit, it it's it's meaningless. It, it it's still an, yes, it's, it's still, meaningless. Yeah, it's still an it's still objective. Yeah. This is when, why I say there is no objectivity for human beings. There 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 isn't. It's, and it's almost like it's do, impossible for us well, to be objective. It's impossible if you are being human. If you practice that, there can be some really interesting and uh, beneficial results out of that, but it's a practice. Mm. It's not, I hate to say natural, but it's not natural. We're we're not objective mm-hmm. creatures. We just happen to have a organ that consumes information, and that happens objectively, right? Your mm-hmm. sensory perspective really doesn't. Even that shit's filtered. Our faculties are not perfect. Yeah. The light spectrum we see is not all the full spectrum. Mm-hmm. The sounds we hear are not all the full auditory spectrum, right? Yeah. We don't stand a chance at being objective. We're not even getting the full picture of the experience we're having right now yeah. at the level of our sensibilities. And that's okay, but there is some value in knowing that so you don't you know, get silly and subject, subjectify, whatever the word is, yeah. things too much uh, like... The experience of watching a football game. It's much like what I say about the entire experience on the internet. I'm doing this at the level of my sensibilities for my own entertainment. So my response is that way too. Okay. I so, can't be objective. As soon as I am, watch what happens. It's no longer entertaining and yeah. I'm also no longer interested in it. I want to live vicariously through LeBron James. I wanted him to pass it to that other guy yeah. and do the move I want him to do. That's why it's entertaining. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I don't I don't want him to actually play straight up objective. Yeah, uh, basketball wouldn't be that entertaining. I think it's not possible for us to do that. Okay, so in the, I was also, and I should probably ask this, if you guys have all seen the movie, but have you guys both seen Joker? No, no I haven't seen it yet. Okay, it's on my Plex server. If any of you guys want to watch that shit, but uh, it's it's um more than it is more than it's it's I don't know if it's more than it's a movie. It's more than a movie about like Batman and Joker. It's oh, like yeah. truly a commentary on like mental health, right? And so when he's going to see his therapist in there, I also it makes me start to think of that. What's the point if, if humans can't be objective? What's the point of people like therapists and stuff like that out there? Because they're if if they if they come up from like fucked up beginnings or have had trauma and all this other stuff, how can they truly give good advice or anything like that? It's going to vary because we have to account for the fact that um, the individual that's seeking help has to be receptive, right? Mm -hmm. So they already, in order for it to work, this individual has to make this enormous fucking step. It's a huge step 
to open yourself up to doing some sort of healing, Mm. making the acknowledgement that I need some motherfucking help or whatever. So you're already in a mode of being receptive to critique. Yeah. And when you're in that mode, if anything is, you know, seemingly relative, relatively apparent and you're receptive and that person tells you something that you maybe perhaps kind of have a beat on, it might reinforce that and it's going to, again, a lot of times therapy is client driven. Mm. The client dictates where the conversation goes a lot of times. Questions are presented only to facilitate more openness on the part of the person seeking therapy. So a good therapist is Casper the fucking friendly ghost. A good therapist is an eliciter of uh, of opening up and healing within an individual rather than somebody that is a um, uh, tour guide or, you know... Uh, I like that analogy, a tour guide. But you know what I'm saying? Here's what you should do. You Here's again, what- yeah. The the best manifestations, and it's there there's definitely a paradox here. When you're providing mental health services, is you have to have a vested interest in the healing of others. You definitely have to want other people to not suffer and to heal and do better. But at the same time, you very much have to check yourself at the fucking door Mm -hmm. and, again, be somewhat sly and fucking mechanical. Uh, Mechanical in the sense that whatever mechanism you're using to elicit this growth and bleeding and purging, this this cathartic growth in this individual, is essentially a formula, syntax, a tool Mm -hmm. that that you utilize. The human element... Is the cadence of your voice, you know, the yeah. the, the tone, um, yeah. eye contact, things like that. That's the human element. That's again, in my opinion, that's as yeah. far as like therapy and shit goes. And I know that that was like going on a total sure. no, tangent fine. about I that shit. Circle back and made a good point. Yeah, I I, w- I would answer similarly, but like always, just find an analogy. Yeah, to that I can think of. Pime, Pime is a good example. What's that? Oh, from Pime? Kill Bill, but snatch a bitch eyeball out her head. It's one of my favorite. I can't remember. Pime oh. up on the mountain. And he stroke his mustache and oh, beard. Oh, was yeah. he like the no no? I was gonna say, was he like the master that taught her? Yeah, yeah he jumped oh, okay. on her okay. fucking yeah. sword and stood yeah. there. Okay. Yeah, he was a kung fu master. He was okay. dope. But that's the same way. Like because human beings can create their own reality, and it all happens up there. It all, it all happens in your system, mm-hmm. right? The best I can do is find a working formula like Chris said or syntax that um if invokes that in people and see if it'll work for you too maybe we find a really good one and it works for a lot of people Pame first met her objectively you want to be stronger yeah then he supplied a beautiful human subjective metaphor i am the strongest uh. then he Flipped it back around to objectivity again. How would you? How would the worm be stronger than the eagle? Remember, he mm-hmm. said, "You're like a worm to an eagle's claw." Let her know. Set the stage, bitch. This is how bad I am. Yeah. But don't you want to be stronger? But you're you're my subject now. Well, your arm belongs to me. Well, I'm the strongest, and if that arm belongs to me, it's gonna be strong too. Yeah. 
it's, he just kept working that same kind of metaphor. And it's the old master teacher yeah. thing that Japanese have been expressing for forever. But it's beautiful, though, because yeah. it works for it's human like, beings. It's like, damn, that sounds really yeah. awesome. It, it works for human beings. It goes to show how we have to, the exercise is real. Um, realizing the right side, left side, yin-yang thing, yeah. realizing the object objectivity and subjectivity, just so we don't become victim to one or the other, you know, and we can then we can go strong. So Padme puts her through a lot of stuff to make her strong, right? Mm -hmm. and, and eventually the idea is you get stronger than me, then you're the master or whatever. So that's why I think psych the psychologists are for, and it's not easy work, yeah. but we, got, we have some syntaxes that have worked before. You know, you're... You're running up the thing with water, with the buckets of water running up yeah, the hundred steps. Yeah. Well, it's all you got to do is work your muscles, and they're going to get stronger. But you have to put things in, in over to overcome that other part of your brain, which can be debilitating and make you lose hope in yourself. I have to make the task more subjective. You know, then you sure. can find the strength to do it. That's how humans work. So, you know, you don't have to be balancing the water to get that exercise, but it does some things for you. It makes you deliberate about your posture. Mm -hmm. It makes you check this water. You don't want to spill the water, right? Mm -hmm. And and all of that stuff. Work. Your steps are done with intent now. You, yes. you pay more attention. Yeah, and you guys know that because you do work yeah. out. And, and, everybody, and everybody's shape different. So mm -hmm. the way people yeah. move weight is different. The way yeah, people hold weight is different. Like, there you go. And so there's subject subjectivity just inherently built yeah. into the the process in action sure. the process in action is always going to be subjective mm -hmm. and again like like uh -huh. mark was saying i i do not believe in this overarching like absolute objective fucking truth that yeah. humans are capable of fucking discerning we're not yeah. we're just right. fundamentally not there we don't have the brain power for that kind of you shit. You don't think so? I don't. I don't. I don't. I can't fathom it. I can't fucking fathom it. When I, it, the more I think about what we actually are in the grand scheme of things, the more I'm like, shit, we are beyond microbes, bro. That's right. Like, we're right. we're sitting. You know, they talk about a pale blue dot. Mm -hmm. Have you uh -huh. seen? Have y'all watched that documentary where it's all the astronauts talking about how seeing Earth from fucking space really. Does profoundly yeah. altered their perspective on yeah. reality and you hear it coming out of there's just this commonality coming out of everybody's mouth and you yeah. can just tell they were operating on a whole other fucking level yeah. from that experience yeah. Yeah. yeah the folding the folding is a thing remember folding at home yeah when, folding for a cure you would yeah, allocate processor power i used to ask my, all of my instructors at kti when i was doing that 0102 mm -hmm. like what how does i didn't understand how just letting math run on your computer would eventually lead to cancer that's an example of brilliant objectivity it's the scope of this fortunate chemical combination is so far beyond my brain that i can't imagine it see mm -hmm. what i mean i can't um make it a subjective musing i yeah. have to do it with just raw and i think that's a cool thing that sometimes we get to witness in science where just the numbers alone will get you to the moon and back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But your imagination got you the numbers, like yeah. got you the, the the mathematical scheme or whatever. Sure. And it's always like a back and forth. I think that's pretty cool because there's there are times when, you know, objectivity is all that's saving you. And science I think in, I think in many is, cases objectivity is has saved me in it objectivity has allowed me to essentially mesh with any group yep. um, because I don't, I don't get married to ideas anymore. Yep. I used to, yep. and it was almost to like, to like my detriment. And um, like we, we have something I had to tell, um, 
told my boss at, at work the other day, like, um, just what you, it was, I think you had taught me that, you know, mm-hmm. um, technology doesn't care about your emotions mm-hmm. and it just doesn't, you know, and, and in an in, in age where it's a level playing field, yeah, like it yeah. really it just is. doesn't like, care. I mean, if something like, fails, it just doesn't like matter can, anymore. You can not. argue that that the ACT or IQ score or like IQ tests, like the more conventional ones, have a cultural bias to them. Yeah, you cannot argue that a video game has a cultural bias to it when it comes to the actual application of playing a video game because really you're interacting with syntax and numbers that's all you're fucking doing is interacting with math when you're doing that shit exactly it's it's an arena that is completely it is objective that's Mm -hmm. the closest thing to objectivity that we can what that we can sort of think of you mean technology yeah Mm -hmm. i i think so i think so because outside of technology and everything is technology like even picking up a stick and using it as a fucking club oh, yeah. is a form of fucking technology. So anything outside of that is just us. Yeah. It's just our bodily fucking experience. So if we we start, I guess, funneling or or viewing through the lens of the technology that we're utilizing, mm-hmm. information is going to be processed and interpreted differently. Yeah. But, I think that that's a problem. I Well... It's not a problem, but I think it's causing a lot of problems right now. Well, it 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 very much and, and changes your perception of fucking reality. And there's some things that I'm like, okay, that's a necessary evil, but bad information is just it's not it's not good. <laughs> I know that sounds, that sounds bad information. <laughs> Damn, is not good, I want but like, that on a t-shirt. Misinformation, bad information is not good. Misinformation yep. and people taking things that that are like objectively true. And yeah. saying that they're false, it, that is that shit and, scares and say, me really bad. And saying bad. that it's a difference yeah, a of opinion. Of, yeah, yeah and saying that are, yes, let's are, agree to disagree. Yeah, like that's the worst thing. Yeah, no, man, I, I worry about that too. I'm I'm hoping that uh, it'll be short lived and we'll learn a, a new. There'll be a new paradigm in how we approach information and communicating with one another. Because mm-hmm. I think we're gonna figure that out. Yeah. I think it might not take us very long. Do you think that it's certainly... going to be a system that will be in place? Because when mm-hmm. you see websites like factcheck.org or snopes.com well, or these man. other things. I think it'll be something like Krishnamurti's thing. Actually, a way of not taking systems too seriously. Not taking anything static too seriously. Hmm. And understanding why you can't. Hmm. Um, uh, ideas are born in our mind from thoughts. Yeah. And thoughts are born in only in a moment. They don't last a moment. So if thoughts make ideas and enough ideas put together make concepts and enough concepts together make systems and enough systems put together make institutions, yeah. then all everything we're participating in is context sensitive. Just because we've got a big scale up of it, our system, we got to be willing to revisit them all the time. They have to be as dynamic as the biology and the physiology that gave birth to them. And our body's got a lot of stuff going on yeah. from day to day, year to year, like season to season, season of your life to season of your life. Your body. So our thoughts and our systems have to be equally as dynamic. And then that means, the cool thing is, you have to kind of get out of your own way and everyone has to contribute to it mm-hmm. and be allowed to contribute to it. Then you'll get something dope again. That's, that's what I think is what we're going to figure out. I think the internet's going to force us to do that because we're taking these static perspectives into a an arena where it can't stand. And the diminishing return on that perspective is very quickly realized because 
you can't say silly shit in the echo chamber anymore. It gets tested right away. Yeah. Yeah. It's not true more than a few seconds because it ain't that that person's wrong or the other person's right or that the information's bad. It's that our understanding of what information is fundamentally is incorrect. It has no value outside of its context. So let it Damn. be what it's going to be on the East Coast <laughs> well, and yeah. let it be what it's going to be on the West Coast. We can work it out. We can dance, as the Japanese say. You remember when Joseph Campbell mm -hmm. said that the guy asked the, the Daisette Suzuki, like, all right, man, I've been hanging out with y'all for a while. I'm trying to figure out what y'all religion is. He's like, man, I didn't know that's what you were up to. Yeah. I could have told you that. He said, we don't have one. We just dance. <laughs> We've been doing this so long that we move with the consciousness of the the universe and the country. You might catch us in what you might call a Shinto Zen couple of hundred of years. He said, but we ain't sticking there. That's just what's working right now because the shogunate's kicking our ass. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. We, we, we dance. Human beings can dance just like our universe and our galaxy's dancing. If you look at it from that blue dot perspective that Chris mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. you'd be like, oh, okay. Now I see why my beliefs are bullshit. Yeah. They're so context sensitive mm -hmm. and the context might change both physically, you know, and, other, and otherwise. But I think you're right. There's something to be concerned about but I'm looking forward to us as a human body kind of o overcoming that. Yeah. And, and, and what very much elicited, I think, a lot of this discussion is that Kalu and I were talking about how, um, you know, my girlfriend's seven-year-old son knew everything there was to know about, oh, yeah. Elaborate on a, that. about yeah. Fortnite um, through, like, you know, he would watch YouTube videos, uh, uh, people that are, I guess, professional video game players playing oh, yeah. Fortnite. Uh, vlogs about it, uh, gameplay videos, all kinds of stuff. And then when I actually brought Fortnite over and he played it, mm -hmm. and he had never played it before is my understanding, he wasn't very good at it. And he didn't persevere over the game. He yeah. he hung it up after that. And I, and I haven't heard anything else about Fortnite since then. I haven't seen any little Fortnite dances out of him. I mean, there might have been an anomalous one or two there. But... Uh, that is just very much an anecdotal thing that elicited this notion that uh, kind of putting the cart before the horse. And if we're all if we're all objective, if we're entirely objective, there's no soul in that. There's yeah. no the it, it removes. What is it? Uh, Dr. Manhattan from uh, the Watchmen. The, the dude that's like living on Mars. Yeah, this blue. Yeah, yeah, the blue guy. And this yeah. thing swinging around when yeah. he's like 80 <laughs> feet tall. Yeah, Dr. Manhattan, he ascended and became entirely objective. Yeah. But in, entire, being entirely objective completely untethers one. There's, there's Manhattan nothing. Manhattan is featured on television now? Yeah, well, he's he's spoken of. Have you been watching the Watchmen show? No, I haven't started yet. Oh my god! It's yeah, I know Manhattan. It, I, I just heard, heard you said Blue from another planet. I was like, wait, I know Manhattan from the comic book. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's one of the strongest. He is the strongest. In all of the Marvel universe. But you know, he's yes. like he got. He's no, on TV now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, his, shit. He's he's not on. He's spoken of on TV. Oh, okay, Manhattan. They, wow. But yeah. you know, yeah. like yeah. he was once universe? a a thinking, shit. feeling, subjective human being, and then when he ascended and became, you know. Okay. who he is currently mm -hmm. uh he you could tell he was one of his conflicts is that he was losing touch with humanity yeah and he was really struggling but like mm -hmm. you could tell that he was so rational and so objective that he knew that those social ties conceptually meant something to these beings that he had no inherent feelings for mm. because objectivity has no room for feelings that's yes. right and so that's 
whenever we were ooh, talking ooh, about, I just had a thought. Well, and and not a good one. Real quick, all all I wanted to say with all my convoluted nonsense earlier is that again, like information as an object versus information as a subject. All too often, I think we assign a pejorative value to the term subjective mm. as though it it denigrates somebody's viewpoint. It, it's really just redundant. Mm-hmm. Pointing out that somebody else's viewpoint is subjective, if they don't already know that, telling them it's subjective isn't going to change the mm-hmm. amount of subjectivity that's inherent uh-huh. to it. Yeah, right? I got, I got yeah. a couple of, couple of thoughts that come after that, but I wanted to hear more about what you're going to say. Okay. So like I just, when we talked about objectivity and becoming objective and losing your, I'm doing my air quotes, like humanity or losing your touch with everything else. One point where that really um, is, is bad in my, just in my relationship in my marriage, right. Is whenever, whenever we have an argument or there's something and, you know, she's, she'll start, she's, she'll start crying. Right. If something makes her really upset, you. I huh, do what you, yeah, typically I will, I get very objective because I just want to solve a problem and I see tears as a biological response and I just don't see anything past it. And I'm not trying to be callous, but the rest of the world could perceive me as being callous because I turn Dr. Manhattan and lose my touch because it's like, well, this is this is why you're crying, and let's focus on the issue here because there is a problem in my head. This problem is bigger than your emotion, and that is a that's a dangerous thing. That's a, in my opinion, right, it right. is because it's while while I am very, you know, if you want pragmatic and logical, I understand the place of emotion and and its importance. But mm-hmm. there, sometimes I get driven to a point where I become so objective. I just want to solve a problem and yeah. nothing else matters. And it's like, I think yeah. too, when, when we, when we take information in there, it, it is when we take in information and we're so objective about things, it's, it becomes impossible to listen to other people. Yeah. And you get to a point where you almost can't even learn anything because oh yeah, even if they are emotionally giving you fact, you still see in your head you can be like that might not be true because you're you're crying or you're you're upset or you're one thing or you're like if it's almost like I would need it to turn into a courtroom. Do you see what I'm saying? Where you have two lawyers that are objectively giving facts yep. and talking about a little thing because that's when it makes more yeah and that's sense why in my head. That's why courtrooms are also bullshit because <laughs> just like the yin yang symbol represents you know yeah. you got white and you got black yeah. but in the white in the, side you got a black one dot. black dot yeah the black side you got a white dot it it's it's um it's just a a fact of of being human i think when you get and that's i'm like that too to yeah. a fault when you get super objective like that maybe you want to solve the a problem of the emotional circumstances yes. going on that's it's, what i want to do i want to solve the yeah, yeah. then work you have to suspend you have to suspend that objective side because something interesting about interesting about objectivity. I can't remember what we were talking about before that made me say this, but maybe a, a few episodes ago, is that it's isolating and it's inherently, I guess, egotistical, but it's 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 uh, selfish, if you will, yeah, because it happens only in your mind. Yes, that's the only place you can take yeah. a place. A subjectivity involves, by definition. A, a suspension of the self. 
Yeah. Because Krishnamurti talks about this perfectly too. You cannot appreciate a tree unless you participate yeah. with the tree. Mm-hmm. You, and by interacting with it, yeah. according to sociological concepts, you are altering the tree and the tree is in turn altering, altering you. you. you, you yes. Are, yes. You are realizing you are reducing the the separation between you and it. Mm-hmm. That's how you can fully... And so there's a balance of those two things, you know what I mean? And you, yeah. you do that with the, someone you're in a relationship with, the, the, the idea is supposed to be that this new thing, this other third thing called a relationship is what is what we're working to grow, whatever yeah. it takes. And it's always fascinating that it almost always takes. It's, it will grow in... Um, Trauma. It, it will grow <laughs> in relation to how much of yourself you can give to it. Yes. Or yeah. better said, it will grow in relation to how much of yourself you can let go of. And man, and is that hard. Oh, it, yeah, and that, Lord, that's, that's the hardest See, that's man, why that I mean hard. the trauma because I yes. take so much pride in knowing yeah. and holding on to yeah. myself, not in a way yeah. where I'm saying I'm guarded or anything, but I, it's such a point of strength for me to be like, well, I'm I objective, but we're, we're able to solve all these problems because oh, yeah. I see this. But Oh, yeah. I do cool. it out every day. I'm yeah. terrible at it. I think there's that phenomenon I mentioned before where people are I'm thinking about Fortnite again now and I think I suffer from that where there's so much information now that the consumption of the information is really really what I've become addicted to yeah. I constantly my YouTube sort of fixed itself recently yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard me describe this my YouTube gets broke sometimes mm-hmm. and I think it's because uh, to Chris's point earlier about the Facebook feed this it's the part about the information hoarding and data mining that I don't like. Sometimes the algorithm, if you would get put me on drugs, I'd be fine, but I just don't want a bad trip. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes as soon as I search for one thing, the YouTube all flips over and it's that thing. I'm like, gosh, it was perfectly balanced. Yeah. I had a little bit of ratchet mm-hmm. and a whole lot of technology tutorials and yeah. a couple little video games. I like my YouTube like that. Right. And, um, it was balanced, but before a last couple of months ago, it was too much like Breakfast Club, Power yeah. 105 in the morning, like too much Kim Kardashian. I had to train it like I don't want to hear about Kim. I don't want to hear about Kanye. Yeah. And that part I hate about it. But um, when it's balanced like it is these last few weeks, man, I, I enjoy it, but there's a downside to it. I'm just, I don't do the things. Yeah, I watched the whole tutorial of how to do the thing, but I don't actually do the thing. I'm like, oh man, I got it bad. Mm-hmm. So that's got to be something that's yes. like imbalanced that we're all yes. suffering because I watch myself do it. Yes. I'm like, so I would rather have none of that and be doing one thing instead yes. of just collecting oh, information as objects. Yes. So it's yes. like just collecting the info. If it relates to our Kill Your Masters episode, man. Where you it, have a lot of people that all they do is listen to people talking about how you should do your life right and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, man. And you listen so much, you just, that's it. That's all that you, you don't go and take the steps. You consign, and, and, yeah. and by virtue of that, you consign your personal utility away on both levels. Yeah. Like, completely. And I was even thinking, like, you were talking about addressing things like interpersonal relationships, try, trying to avoid addressing them objectively because we're told generally the overarching theme and i know said overarching theme three times now is that being objective is good Mm -hmm. being subjective is bad yeah that's what kind of goes on even though that's not really the case uh but i think something like security Mm -hmm. 
like emotional security. Security as a human being, it's a tangible thing that anybody in here, regardless of how objective, subjective their viewpoints are, whether they run on IQ or EQ, you, you understand the concept of emotional security sure. as an individual. Well, then also understanding on top of that, even these things like emotions, that these irrational things, if you look at something like security, emotional security, in terms of it being, we'll say, linked to oxytocin release, mm-hmm. that's the formula. That's, that's what needs to be elicited in order to, to quote unquote, fix it, yeah. is facilitate that oxytocin release mm-hmm. that is going to ease, it's going to take that edge off yeah. a little bit yeah. and afford our abstract concept of yeah. security find to the, that find individual. Find the instance or the person, I like to think of your expert model, Kalu, that you give all the time, the expert maybe speaking on climate yeah. change or something on TV. Find that person that has reached a fortunate level of objective exercise. He's an expert on this science, right? Mm-hmm. And all the people that are anti-climate change are responding to it subjectively. And it's annoying. You want them to know this is something they should care about. Try solving their objective need and watch how quickly it goes away. Mm. I'll give you an easier one. We all hate a racist, white, motherfucking rich white man. Yeah. Give me half of his money. I don't mind him at all anymore. Yeah. yeah. See what I'm saying? It goes back and forth, back and forth. It's yin and yang. Get, solve the objective problem where I can be the uh, the creator of my own reality uh, economically, and then I don't mind you at all. Mm-hmm. You can call me all the N-words and, and, and stuff And then the want. subjective oh. experience kicks in. See what I'm saying? It goes yeah. back and forth. Then back you get, and forth. Then you and were, that's what I want to yeah. say, because I want us to like springboard that, that we have to help each other going forward. Whenever you you see someone that's annoying you like that, you're annoying them in some way. Mm-hmm. And back to like, whatever I think I'm proud of my objectivity you know, there's an opportunity there to 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 learn because it's all a part of the human spectrum. Yeah. That I too have something that I feel subjective about that's annoying someone else. That's yeah. another. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it tells me that we're we're gonna have to learn that about ourselves in the internet. Don't know how we fix it, yeah. but I think that's what's going on. You know. Well, and then and then that even goes back to again the taking off the gloves thing is in order for any of us to reach any kind of real meaningful understanding is we have to approach it like we would approach a therapist. We have to be willing. Yeah. We have to be receptive. Oh, yeah. And we have to be seeking. Talk about dangerous. Hey, Chris, do you think that, do you think that that somehow what you're about to say that I just rudely interrupted? No, you good. Do you think that it's I talk too much anyway. <laughs> the necessity to not only be brutally honest, like you gotta be, it won't work in therapy if you go in there like tricking the therapist in yeah. line. But we gotta not censor each other. We mm. gotta go ahead and say whatever we're feeling then we'll we'll get to the bottom of it better. Yeah. Like subjectively, my experience is my sensibilities immediately aren't appeased by the things you said on this screen that belongs to me. It's my experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm telling a person what their reality should be. And that's the first mistake. You gotta remember that's a person that don't know anything better about the world than I do. Yeah. He just happens to have another opinion. So he doesn't want me to get married or something. Well, you got to be careful because if you condemn that human being, you just condemned the full spectrum yeah. for all human beings. And really, that's not what happened. Really, what happened is your sensibilities are the level you respond you responded at first, but you got to slow down and do a little bit better than that. So it's more important that that person 
everyone says what they really think and what they feel, and they're allowed to. At least yeah. I think. I wonder what. I yeah, know, what I I think everyone should be able to say what they think and feel. There's there's no other way. We've if there's and I've said it before is that if there's one thing, and and I think the dude is absolute dog shit. Okay, but if there's one thing that Donald Trump did is gave people the illusion that we have, or it's not even an illusion, the idea that too much is getting sugarcoated. Now, he is, you know, everyone praise him. He says what he, he says what he thinks. He says all this other stuff. It's gotten more people saying that. And in my opinion, it has removed, and I'm doing my air quotes, the mask off of a lot of other people. Now, I, I enjoy in my life not having to worry whether or not someone is racist or whether or not someone is sexist or classist or anything. If I just know what you are, then it's going to make it easier for me to navigate with you, not even against you anymore. I, I like I get, okay, if you, if you feel this way, how am I going to tailor something to either get you to change or anything like that or get myself to change or just build some kind of understanding without sitting there saying, or without saying they're wondering or just throwing a label on you or something like that and leaving it at that. Well, dog. It, or I just I, won't honestly, even talk to you anymore. It's just, I, okay, I'm, I, I'm at peace. I legit didn't think of this until you just said, like, that our current presidency has opened the door for not only for him to say, well, every, you know, we're too filtered, we're too sensitive as a society, which has this goddamn, to call it a ripple effect, doesn't do it justice, but, uh, Jesus Christ, I lost my motherfucking thought. Uh, God damn it. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll come back. I, I do I do notice that with, with um the current president and how some people I don't know, it's they seem to believe. What did you say, Kalu, that sugar coating has been going oh, on too much? Yeah, yeah. And keeping everything very PC I, and I I remember it now and it, it goes back to you and I in school, yeah. the concept of anime. Okay. That's anime. that's mm-hmm. what this has facilitated is there is a state of normlessness when it comes to social decorum now. Mm-hmm. There is no normative like binding for yeah. you know social decorum at this point. I've heard the word decorum this last two weeks more than I've ever heard it. <laughs> really? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> what what what's what's happening, Chris? Like well, you, well, is, you said, there's no more normality. No, like uh, Emil Durkheim uh, in. I guess it's Le Suicide, his works on attaching. um, He assigned four different uh, values, I guess, monikers to why someone would complete suicide. And one of them is anomic suicide. And anomic suicide is a state of normlessness. So this individual, you you think about somebody that um, will use... uh, I hate to, but like Chris Farley, as an example, you toss somebody that's ill-equipped for that social environment into a social environment where they are afforded as much of any indulgence as they see fit, and everybody around them is willing to indulge them as well, socially. Uh, You know, you get attention from people, sexual attention, like accolades, uh, physical things, whatever, drugs, mm-hmm. that state of normlessness unhinges the individual from the boundaries of what should be an objective, like conceptually an objective reality. Our subjective idea of what an objective reality 
is, if that makes any sense, that deteriorates completely. The self gets lost. You mm-hmm. lose the self in the process of that state of normlessness. Because humans and then, need boundaries. Right. And then and then you don't reality makes no sense and you end up completing suicide mm-hmm. through some reckless means. Yeah. So when we're talking about language, we're talking about sugarcoating things, the really what he has done again is facilitate a state of normlessness when it comes to what comes out of people's mouths, what constitutes an expert, what constitutes journalism, what constitutes news, yeah. truth, just information my, in general. My truth, my truth can be different than your truth has yeah. very much been augmented as opposed to it's it's the idea of I I'm allowed to draw a line in the sand and that's all there is to it as opposed to any kind of notion of like come on be cool let's cooperate figure this shit out no I'm drawing my line in the sand I'm fine mm-hmm. with my shit that I got going on wow and and I think that that normlessness it serves a purpose for a predatory system. I think it it is incredibly beat, beat me there, so I don't. <laughs> have to well, and, and that's that's the thing is that I think we all understood even pre Trump administration that part of the formula has always been divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It don't matter what fucking civilization it's been. Know, you, you, social you have control. To think it's it's at least a catalyst that maybe makes that normlessness um a little more amplified, or is that does that make any sense? Like, so, oh yeah, well, normalness well, could be could be bad for us because the avenue by which he arrived and successfully perpetrated a normlessness state yeah. on the populace is predicated on something that benefits a lot from it, and that's the individualism and objectivity mm-hmm. of the West. So, being a selfish asshole, yeah, and that state that Chris is describing kind of work well together so yeah. it's kind of extra bad for us mm-hmm. where we don't get any normalcy from exercising self-sacrifice okay we don't that, celebrate that we celebrate I, I get mine and run away and hide so, in the yeah, suburb and we're made you know, to feel one of the like things it's that great you, we're made to yeah. feel like we're fucking amazing for and, having that and one of the things that he said was when he was referring to and I was listening to a podcast on um, on the Kurds and uh, one of the things that, that Trump said was, well, sometimes you just got to let, when you see two people fighting, sometimes you just have to let them fight and like be objective, you know? And he was referring to like the Kurds and the Turkish, you know? And, and that, like, that appeals to a very low brain kind of it sensibility. Does. It, it, it does. It, it and, appeals. And, and because it's such a low brain sensibility, it appeals to a lot of people. Cause they're like, oh, if you see a oh fight out, in, if you see a fight going on out in public, you don't go and break yeah, it up. Oh you just back and fuck up, and oh you're just my. like, yeah, oh, that's an even better example. That's yeah. bad news bears, a, man. A plea for hedonism even comes to mind now. Yeah, it makes me think. Okay, acknowledged. Like when that we was had a crazy episode, yo, it, <laughs> it was, was wild, it was wild. But, <laughs> but but Jorge even, and I think he would very much proxy this to the nth degree that all of us have varying degrees of that hedonistic kind of sure you know predilection so that the idea okay of there are no gods it's yeah. a liberating fucking notion right mm-hmm. if you couple that without any kind of like attempt at academia or or intellectual endeavors yeah 
it's just this lawless fucking lion that's running around mauling people, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever you take it to the level of, okay, we're in 2019, you can't say there are no gods. That's that's served us well now. We figured out that that, that isn't an, a sustainable way of controlling people. Mm-hmm. Saying, it, well, it, it doesn't even control motherfuckers. It, they do what the fuck they want. They play right into your hands when you say there are no experts. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of fucking thing, but it elicits this response based oh, yeah, upon well, our predisposition, our chimpanzee ass yeah. predisposition towards hedonistic type of yeah. fuck yeah, they ain't yeah. no goddamn experts. Man, yeah. This motherfucker ain't point. no better than I am. Yeah. That, that's such a good point, dude. <laughs> I don't know what to do about that because I'm um, um, connecting that back to Kalu's problem from a previous episode where you kind of think of yourself as someone that's put in the time and you're not being listened to. I now have to reconcile like the hypocrisy of it because yeah it happens to me and I wish it didn't you know I Mm -hmm. wish I would be listened to and I could make someone understand this is why I know what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. but right now everyone I may just be making it selfish but I think I'm connecting to what Chris said because it does have that same effect from the opposite end now it feels like liberty it's like it's like it's like the team player model Thing is completely superficial in our corporate world. You, yeah. Everyone's out to get. Everyone's out for themselves, mm-hmm. and our teams are not not teams anymore. Like like you're not seeing how much of myself can I give to this relationship. Mm-hmm. It's how much can what? I get out of it and still remain an individual, which is in, antithetical to the whole effort. Yeah. So when I'm like, yeah, man, shit. What What would get people to a point of being able to focus on that team aspect because some oh, people stomach's say stomach's growling huh stomach's growling okay so some people say that it's paying everyone the same i know this is jumping onto a completely you know so you talking about like yeah. um no pay- paying everyone the same wouldn't but showing wouldn't. all showing all salaries would get you going in the right direction that is something was it me no i was talking to my wife about this um about like that idea of just no. showing everyone salaries and stuff yeah. like that it'll give you an That's idea right of like, direction. yeah, of where to go, what you need to be doing. I think it'll make a lot of people want to either it'll make them pissed or it'll make them motivated. You know what I mean? Well, when and, you reduce yourself to numbers and it's yeah. a harsh acknowledgement yeah. that some some of us need to make is that risk to reward regarding your liability or yeah. your you being a utility to the fucking company. Um, it has a damaging effect on some people and then other people it can be. A tool it can it can facilitate a little bit of like understanding on how the system kind of yeah. works mm-hmm. yeah. and it's some it's wizard of oz shit if if you if you show everybody's salary you're you're showing the man behind the curtain as mm-hmm. well that really these these boundaries like this cat this dumb motherfucker that i see every day <laughs> yeah. that's always at the copying machine with his breath stinking he makes yeah, forty yeah. grand more a year than I do. Yeah, what did he do to get to do that? Oh, well, then this works this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's that Wizard of Oz shit. You keep it behind the curtain. You don't talk about it, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't function. And we it really we reduce ourselves to superstitious, like uh, you know, banging rocks against monoliths type behavior. Yeah. Whenever we're yes. Whenever we're exposed to any of this kind of shit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And and we again we cover it up with formalities, yep. and we want to look at our I, life wow. as having this narrative quality to I, it. Yeah, you got to throw. And I look, I hadn't I hadn't sat here. I, I know I'm full of my own shit, and I say a lot of uh, nonsense, and it's it's convoluted sometimes. But a blind hog finds an acorn every once in a while, mm-hmm. you know. But um, one thing I feel like I fucking know for certain that could liberate an enormous amount of people is the fundamental understanding that your life is not some narrative. It's not some, you, there's not, and and again, the God thing makes it even more seem like that your life is some kind of soap opera. Like, like this cat on a cloud is watching you like, you know what? Here, kid, here's a little adversity to build some character. <laughs> Here, this happens for a reason, you know. All, all of that kind of shit. God's it, Italian. It, it, you know. But, hey, fuck you, it, Hey, I'm walking <laughs> in. But I, I think that you introduce that to the equation, it it reinforces it more. But even devoid of it. Let's let's assume that I'm, I'm not all about shitting on you, people believing in whatever they want to believe in. Sure. Um, if you look at your life as some narrative story that's going on, you are detaching yourself from living your life the way you need to, your own personal utility, and you're a little bit goddamn delusional, I mm-hmm. feel like. Again, why apply a narrative theme to your life? It, it Again, these are all like graphisms. It's it's romantic comedy bullshit. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this this romanticism that's associated with normative fucking value systems that some cat only invented like 60 years ago. You know, the the modern American, oh. you know, value system isn't really that old. And we yeah. and we really haven't sloughed it off. It's still lingering in the back like, well, these were the good old days. You know, the 19... 19- and I know it's, it's like more than some 50, people more than sixty years ago, but like the the fifties get looked at as the golden era. And I know I've talked about this before, but it wasn't like people act like shit is so much fucking worse now. It's not. It's just much Dude, more transparent. It's it's it a went thousand on behind. times better. It is the nineteen fifties yeah. were like a heyday for fucking spouse abuse, yes. substance abuse. Terrible shit going on behind closed doors, and didn't nobody ask any questions because the economy was fucking booming. People mm-hmm. was l- making a living wage that they could have, uh, you know, three children, a stay-at-home wife, two cars, mm-hmm. pay for a house, all that kind of shit. Everybody was like, mind your own fucking business. Yeah. You know, so what if I slap her around every once in a while when dinner's cold? That was the 1950s. And I'm not saying that that shit doesn't go on today. And I'm not saying that the 1950s didn't have some dope shit about it. Mm -hmm. But we are still living under the narrative notion of what Americana is supposed to fucking be. That's always hanging over our heads. Yeah. But then you apply all these subsystems to it, like your family's values, what movies that you prefer to ingest. Mm -hmm. We all know that we fight the predisposition, or at least I do, to look at things that happen to be a little coincidental Mm -hmm. that go on in your life. Like I've had I notice when a red tail hawk 
flies mm-hmm. over in front of my vehicle. Like if I'm going on the interstate, if a red tail hawk flies across the interstate something. in front of yeah, I'm like, I wonder if I'm the fucking chosen one or something. Yeah. You know, and that's that's me very grossly trying to articulate an abstract thought that doesn't really have any kind of words attached to it. I just see that and create some kind of symbolism that's attached to it. Okay, and then, okay. And then that I'm run amok. At you, Mark, now. I know, and I, I know I've thrown a lot in here, but that run amok, that kind of thing translated over and over and over again, strips you of your personal utility and creates a narrative for your life instead of you being the one that's at the helm of this shit. Okay, I want to hear what you say next, Mark. Well... Because because you already know you like the stuff that he's talking about with like symbols and all this other stuff. Yes. I know how you think, mm-hmm. and I know that you rationalize my personality and all these other things based on where the sun was and all this other stuff. Yeah. And there's so many people out there that they're talking about, you know, horoscopes and you know, mm-hmm. you we talked about natal charts. I know Mark has like this massive like spirit bomb. If you guys know Dragon Ball Z, and, you know, it's, he's cooking it up right now. He's holding <laughs> it right here. And I will say I'm kind of a mitigated entity, like between the two of y'all anyway. <laughs> because like, I'm like, I'm, I am again, a little bit more, of the prone to those that like superstitious kind of Chris, you a wild man. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Mark has his but, arms up right now, but cooking up yeah, a spirit he was, bomb. He was gathering all the energy from all the <laughs> from all the, the planets. When I stopped watching Dragon Ball Z was when it took Goku the entire summer break to cast that fucking spirit. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. I was so mad I remember at that summer. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, that. yeah, it was a summer. I was, it, was it was hot every week. Yeah, it was much. fucking hot. And my oh, mama didn't turn the air conditioning on. 1998. I remember. I was a sophomore in high school. I remember that. And, and we would just run over to my friend's house who had cable yeah. to catch the later episode. And I didn't know enough about anime in general at the yeah. time to know that the way that the dubbed American mm-hmm. tr- like stretch it like that. Yeah. I was like, it literally took him. Of course, it took the whole summer to fight Frieza, but it literally took him the entire summer. We were going back to school and I was like, gosh, y'all know what? Goku just now let go of the... I was so angry. Yeah. I couldn't stand the the torture, the pleasure delay. Yeah. So I like I stopped watching Dragon Ball Z and like let the episodes queue up. Oh my so god! Oh, yeah, could, so you could marathon could, it. Yeah, so I could I could binge it. What were you? What were okay, you so up? I was saying that because he is saying that you when you buy into a lot of information like that. Yeah. And you, um, yeah, you you strip yourself of of okay. utility. All right, sure. And All in right. some cases, you can allow for you know shitty behaviors and then place the blame or the responsibility on oh, this type of information that you're getting absolutely. and you're and it's coming in from so many spots well and, and again and, and before and I know you got a, a whole lot uh to to season this with but also on top of that even beyond things like mysticism uh, astrology things like that more conventional shit even things that people acknowledge about themselves, and I've said this shit before, like quirks, personality quirks yeah. that they have. Like, I'm this way. I mean, you know, I'm this way. And they they assign a entity that is ever-changing yeah. constantly. I mean, we are never the same being from moment to fucking moment. We're assigning ourselves a static value. And really, that static value... That's what all I think bothers is, is me an, so much that, about. That's the thing, is that it's... Uh, that static value, like, you know what, I, I've just got a hot temper. That static value really just means that I've accepted defeat and I'm not going to make any steps to change this maladaptive fucking behavior. That's, and that's what really, that's what 
bothers me about a lot of those things is because you have this big smile. It's like there are times where I might be one way. If if you want, if yeah. I might be very in touch or emotional, and it's it's contextual, just like you said. Something might might trigger that, like a moment in time. And for me, it's not a, a position of where. It's not about where a planet or a star or anything like that is. I just something will happen that will make me crazy emotional. And then I hate what where people will take information like that and and use it however they want. Like it's it's um it's arbitrarily used. Like it's not on this like one day it's oh I whipped this ass because I'm a Leo or I'm cocky because I'm a Leo. When I really broke a lot of the stuff down, I'm cocky cuz I'm fucking insecure. That's why. I'll talk about making stacks because I grew up poor and I've seen a car get repossessed. I've seen the welfare checks. I've seen all this other stuff. It has nothing to do, in my opinion, with me being... When the car got repossessed, did you see the guy doing the repossessing? uh, Yeah, well, I saw the orange truck and the flashing lights and it was at night. And, Man, and I just see, I saw our car and, just, and little seven-year-old, six-foot-three Kalou <laughs> in his jammies Man, was looking out the window crying. I remember, I remember because it was my mom's, it was either, why do I want to say it's brown? My my aunt had the brown car, so my mom had a blue Bonneville, but it was just the the, the days of box cars like yeah. that. And I stepped out on my porch for the, you know, whatever, early Saturday morning playing or whatever. Yeah. And probably was in my drawers or whatever. It was just the funniest thing. In the, you have to be a member of my family yeah. to get this kind of humor. But not only did the car screech backwards out of the driveway, <laughs> 424 West 12th Street. I'll never forget it. But Dog was so legit, he drove backwards all the way up 12th Street. Are you <laughs> but serious? But still wasn't so funny. It still wasn't was funny. We ended up laughing about it as a family. But when I explained to my brother, it was the dude's hair. Yeah. Like He was like, well, what's funny is... Like, I don't know. I'm such a fucking racist. He goes, I'm such a fucking racist. Because you don't know what's going through my head. It's just white boy shit. Like, he was so (laughs) intense and so scared. And so, yo, we behind on the payment. Come get the motherfucking car. We ain't going to do nothing but laugh about it. My mom and I were cracking up. about Oh, this motherfucker's got me. She was about to hide the car over at my aunt's (laughs) house. But she was too late. They came in and possessed it. And when dude was backing out. His hair like flung like this, like, yeah. like all dramatic. Yeah, yeah. just like, and I just laughed. I like, was scared at first. I yeah. was scared. I was like, "Oh shit, what just happened?" ACDC was porch. playing in his head. <laughs> like, but yeah, I stepped out on the porch one day. Don't test and, that man. Like, and the sun was barely coming up, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, my mom's car just smoke peels out. And um, maybe he would have pulled out slowly if I didn't startle him. But yeah. now that I think about it, I was a kid. He's an adult. He probably was expecting an irate adult coming out there. Yeah. So I just come out, you know, it's serial time. I step on the porch, wiping yeah. my eyes. Sun is barely up. And um, and then that happened. I just thought it was so bizarre. And then yeah. when I ran in to tell mama, and mama put two and two together, and then everybody was on the porch like, what would happen? And mama was like, oh, okay. And we all fell out laughing. Yeah. She said, those motherfuckers got me. They came in, got a car. You were poor. <laughs> mama was working her butt off, man. Yeah. But um, they got the car. Sorry, that was a tangent. I took you away from the <laughs> no, home, no. Seeing a car get represented, when you're you go through funny stuff when yeah. you're poor, and it's tragic, but sometimes it's funny. And yeah, it just I can, I can, me you, I can of, look back on something and be like, like huh. It was hilarious. I was like, why is he so dramatic? Like, yep. we, you could just knock on the door and be like, hey, we got to get you. Yep. And we would have been okay. But anyway, that was his job. It probably was fucking fun. But, okay, back. but here we are. Anyway. And everyone will, you know, will talk about, oh, it's because I'm, I'm a Leo. I'm this yeah. way. 
Okay. And, I well, and I just cleared it. I talk stacks I don't because know I grew why. up poor. Oh, I don't know Myers why. Briggs, bro. Look. Oh, you baby yeah. Take it out of here. I've been waiting, Chris. Yeah. I've been waiting like an hour. Yeah. I'm still getting yeah. fucked. I was like, I'm going to hit him with a new bat. I've been hitting him with, Lu with Lucille. I've been hitting him with Lucille. Now I'm going to hit him with Donatello's bow staff. This motherfucker right here. It's the new, it's the new horoscope, dog. The Myers Briggs. Yeah. Well, Myers Briggs ba is based off the same stuff. It's all based off of uh, Nietzsche's work. Nietzsche's work is based off the the Near East mandalas, all that stuff. It's all connected. We've been doing it for a long time. It's just some of those newer academic representations of it are a little bit more digestible by yeah. people who think they're they're handling, you know, stuff from this academia or something like yeah. that from psychology. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but if you want to get hit over the head with that same thing again, I'll just say this. There's this really good description. The double, I'm trying to make a double or tri triple connection to this general topic about um, being objective and stuff. Yeah. And it describes the Myers-Briggs um, personality called INTJ. I'm an mm -hmm. INTJ. And the, I am too. You're an INTJ? Yeah. Okay. Um, those are pretty rare. They're like 2 percenters. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But INTJs sometimes can be a little too objective. Mm -hmm. And part of that, it describes like what an INTJ boyfriend will do mm -hmm. on a date and why it's a troubling. Like I take my girl to go out on a romantic camping thing and we get there and we're setting stuff up and we're getting the blanket down. I got the tent erected and she's kind of pouting, covering her whole crossing her arms and huffing and puffing. And I stop to check on her. The INTJ boyfriend's like, hey, what's What's the problem? It's just like, well, you're not talking to me. You're not spending time with me. I'm like, well, we, we're here to be together. You know, we're yeah. at the cabin and everything. What what more do you want? She's like, well, we've been here two hours and you very. And that create maybe a fight sometimes if you're not mm -hmm. careful. That's a brilliant, I think, display of that objectivity thing and of an abstract, ultra subjective body of, of ephemeral, mutable information helping you handle and otherwise hard to handle human problem. Okay. Personalities and the interactions and, and things like that. I'm I'm thinking, again, all of them the pat the the impulses from being poor. I have to fix the problems that make living uncomfortable. I'm thinking I'm gonna set up the camp and get the fire going and get the tent to make you comfortable so, so make we you can have a good time. Mm -hmm. And all chick wanted was just to spend time. Yeah. And I get mad thinking, well, we could have did this up under a bridge on the highway. Yeah. And to a certain point, that's true. Because all that my lady wants is an INTJs and objective people have to be careful about that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's just an example of something we've been talking about. It's a little story that you can, if you Google Myers-Briggs INTJ dating, it'll say yeah. it right there. It's a really good example of what you got to be careful about. Because for me, I feel emotionally okay when you have an objective dominion over things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some other people will want a subjective inclusion so they feel an objective purpose in what they're doing. Uh, and I it's see. like, blah, 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 back and forth. Yeah. So, you know. And, and let me amend that I'm actually an ENTJ. Okay. Yeah. INTJ. Okay. But I got the last the last ones, I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. Because yeah. I just did the shit the other day because yeah. I was I, thinking I, about I it. I remember oh, yeah. when I was younger, I was, uh, I think it was an ENTJ because last is ju judging. Right. Yeah, you were ENTJ. Yeah, when yeah. we were studying together, you were yeah. definitely ENTJ. Um, and yeah. then it turned to ENFP. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And sense. then it turned to, I can't remember what the the next thing was, because I did one uh, maybe three, four weeks ago, Yeah, and it was different. And I was just yeah. like, well, 
but but the way that I think of it is that I think that there are so many things that come into play that should have an effect on people's personalities and the way that people view and interact with the world. And mm-hmm. we should not be held to to something because we've been taking in information like what the newspaper or what GQ or Glamour or Cosmo or anything says about your sun sign. It, it just blows my mind when mm-hmm. people take in that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Why? It feels because it seems that people are are not they're putting themselves or they're stunting their growth uh-huh. because they will use that as an excuse for not wanting to do something more or different. Can I play devil's advocate for sure. just one second? Could this be comparable to like even Myers Briggs? We'll mm-hmm. use Myers Briggs instead of like your horoscope, your Wednesday horoscope for a Leo and Cosmo. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's a it's a better target for us to go up against with this kind of stuff. To translate it, there's some merit to folk medicine. Mm-hmm. It's worked for thousands of fucking years. You know, okay. certain mm-hmm. plants work. Ginger root will calm your stomach. You know, turmeric has medicinal qualities. This stuff we have figured out over thousands of years, it does not replace modern medicine or science, yeah. like, like hard science. It doesn't sure. replace it, but it has its place. I feel like perhaps I have been too judgmental and made too many assumptions about what the individual does with the information that they are presented with once they have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, again, we have to assume in in order for an individual to make progress, regardless of what it it is, they have to be make themselves vulnerable and receptive. That's the first step with that shit. So if a person is at all in a position to want to improve themselves, which is the prerequisite, that's that's the catalyst for proliferation as an individual is that willingness. Mm -hmm. And it goes off and on. And it's not of our own volition. Huh? Improve what? Our whatever we would like to look back upon and say. Yo, I've I've come a long way. Like I've I've achieved more than I thought that I would, and it's given me value. And again, like, why do I feel like Mark doesn't care about that? Well, but that's the th- okay. Well, check this out. Like when I house somebody that's been homeless, that's never had their own place for fifty two years of their entire life. Maybe oh, well, you know they they say they went to jail real young. Mm-hmm. Then they they're they have a diagnosis on top of that. Legit have not had any kind of place to call their own, to lock a door behind them, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Things like that, those feathers in my cap, shit like that really goes a long way. And it might be the same thing when somebody lands a big deal. Like when they work in, I don't know, they might just be get get a fix and be on with the next one. But it makes me think about things. It facilitates... Like when I I go from step A in the process process all the way to Z, and it elicits a feeling in me. I think that that's the closest thing that I get to spiritualism, to there being, you know, magic to this this greater thing that we all participating in, but. I think the acknowledgement again 
okay, to be a better person, I, that, I, I've said a lot to say very fucking little. To achieve anything that you decide you want to be better, like Pi May, to be uh-huh. the baddest, to get stronger, to be stronger, mm-hmm. whatever the mm-hmm. endeavor may be, it doesn't matter what it is. I think, again, the first step has to be making yourself vulnerable, which mm-hmm. being vulnerable requires, you know, opening up, and that's being receptive. Mm-hmm. Again, to, to stretch it back, if somebody is receptive to criticisms about themselves, that shit isn't occurring in a vacuum, right? People have some, uh, generally, mm-hmm. human beings have some idea about their own imperfections, mm-hmm. usually to some degree. Mm-hmm. We're pretty good at shutting it out, ignoring it. We got defense mechanisms against it from destroying us. But if that person reading that horoscope is in a position to be objective about themselves, I think that I may have been in the past too judgmental and made too much of an assumption about what a person does with their, with that information. Mm. Um, Again, with the Myers Briggs versus the horoscope, it's easier to take the Myers Briggs and say that that is the new folk medicine to conventional psychology, philosophy, that kinds of stuff. It's a reference point. It's kind of a guide. It's a, it's it's looking to the stars to to orient yourself. It's something that, mm-hmm. again, you know, well, astrology's been around for a long time. And you said that that mm-hmm. the Myers Briggs is based upon like Nietzschean like thought. Yes, as yeah, well. Definitely. Yeah, um, I I um, I I meant to say it's based on Jungian thought. Jungian is based on Nietzschean thought. Nietzschean stuff is from the Near East. Okay. He, he he did probably the biggest contribution of reworking and westernizing the mandala and some of the yeah. uh, Eastern symbolism and what it was represented. Carl Jung yeah, did a whole lot Nietzsche, on that. Yeah, but Nietzsche probably was the biggest contribution right. like, to kind of westernize it. Then you had Jung and all the guys that came after them. And um, I think they were all very, did incredible contributions to that work and stylize it in better and better ways. Well, and, and that's that's also something that when we we started at objective versus mm-hmm. subjective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, if we look at these this kind of dichotomous thing is part of uh, a part of ascending, part of, of thinking on a higher level is is acknowledging that you don't fucking know everything about yeah. some shit. Acknowledging that we're bound yeah. to our perception. Mm-hmm. We're we're bound to our senses. Absolutely our interpre- bound to our perception. Yeah, and, and our interpretation of fucking everything is bound to sensory perception. I think that looking at Things like the Myers Briggs, and even looking at. Maybe, I want, I want to a, say real quick. You said our our perception. You said, okay, how we interpret the world is based on our perception of it, right? Right. But I think it's more than that of the world. It's more of our perception of ourselves, and I think that's where a lot of problems occur because everyone seems to have a bloated sense of self. Well, that's the thing is that the, the sense of self really shifts when you're talking about social dynamics. The individual devoid of other in, other people around, self doesn't exist in the same way. Yeah, sure. Doesn't have to. It's an unnecessary fucking thing. You just are. Mm-hmm. That's why motherfuckers that's just real intense about their shit, you talk about these, these hermits. Mm-hmm. 
these masters, like Miyamoto Musashi, just go and isolate themselves some fucking mm-hmm. where in the woods. The self mm-hmm. ceases to fucking exist. Clarity resides there. You live in the fucking moment. It's when you start interacting with other human beings that things get convoluted because that has been our bread and butter to succeed as a group because we can take those short shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been like, oh, well, like your eyes. Before you can articulate a, a fucking warning cry, your eyes can light up that there's some shit right behind me that I need to be aware of immediately. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. been our fucking bread and butter forever. So if you scale that up and you talk about complex social interactions, of course, the moment you step into a social arena, the context and then the nature of the individuals, which I guess is part of the context, is going to shift the self naturally. Okay. Context and self are mm-hmm. intrinsically bound. Mm-hmm. And again, without other people, I think being a part of it, the self doesn't exist in the same way. It's such a weird fucking thing. And I and I, I think I can provide a tiny bit of insight. Uh, you know, growing up as isolated as I was, as a Jehovah's Witness, you can't grow in terms of those social interactions. Mm-hmm. So instead of growing from the outside outwardly, like mm-hmm. social interactions, I grew from the inside outwardly. So I'm... My little mind is expanding in ways because it's growing. Mm -hmm. And in order to manage the stress of being like deprived of X, Y, and Z, I had to find other outlets. It has a way of making you fucking just look at the self in terms of, again, looking in the mirror as you a three, four-year-old and just being like, I exist. Mm Mm-hmm. I exist. Like you're looking yourself in the fucking mirror as a small child mm. and trying to wrap your head around the concept that you are a material entity that happens to like it, it is the mother of all existential think, crises when you a little fucking kid. And I don't even know if a lot of goddamn people ever experience that shit. I mm-hmm. didn't experience that until I was much older, but I would, I grew up in a, out like a world where everything is from the outside in and I'm doing my air quotes like normal I guess the the majority of people are socialized to view themselves in relation to the world but you view the world in relation to yourself yeah that I, and, 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 and I know that that probably and, shines well, and if you were if you <laughs> if you were taught that at a very early age then it's almost expected that you would have a moment like that where you're looking at the mirror at just a couple years well, old and, and being like, and we oh, can't, shit. And that's the weird thing is that we can't even say talk because it was almost like a laissez-faire kind of thing. Sure, sure. Like, I was just free range. Yeah. I yeah. was free range, but at no GMO on this little isolated-ass form. Mm-hmm. So you can either sink or fucking swim. You know, I'm I'm pretty active. I was always pretty active. That's That's an outlet. Um, learning to read early was a fucking outlet. And then again, before that, even I think before I could even fucking read is when the existential crisis of like pondering your own, not mortality, but your own material existence, Mm. just, you can't quite click on it. You can't quite conceptualize it. You still can't. That's really cool. I mean, I, I can, I can, um, I can, um, put myself in in both of those those shoes and it's it's really interesting to think about i imagine for you kalu it's uh um part of just being nigerian i think you were describing the way people are 
normally socialized mm -hmm. in the way you were raised that what you were referring to yeah. you said based on the yeah yeah yo but yeah. what about my, my, the, the my, Nigerian thing too that, oh, so, joke, that oh. social structure that's well, associated I wondered with if that that's what you were talking about when you said you were raised in a way where people uh, your childhood your perception of yourself was um, in in an environment where people th thought of themselves based on what on yeah. everything else happening outside of yeah. of you. Yeah, that's so, really cool how that could be different. I mean, um my mine was I had a lot of family around me, but it was very it, I didn't know that there wasn't sort of axiology to you guys describe yours. And mine was definitely based on the imagination. It's really it was. it's really interesting how symbolic and metaphorical my life has been from day one. Yeah. It was never without that. I've been Prince Marky D. Really? I didn't even know my name was Mark Twain until later on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause just, just because of how my family is with the nicknames mm -hmm. and the everything. So I, I wonder how much that all that affects us all, but we all seem to have a pretty interesting. Yeah. And again, mine from the outside in is because it almost falls in line with that. Um, that is it South African that saying Ubuntu, you know, yeah. I am because well, we sure. are, I thought that's what you might. Yeah. Mean. And, yeah. and, who I am is sort of based on the community, the Nigerian community. We yep. grew up, that's what we knew. We grew up around each wow. other. But not not only that, growing up, it, I was around a lot of international students because my, my dad was in school while we were being yeah. raised. So a lot of the, if you want to call it the non-American, a lot of non-American people kind of take on that. Like everyone is a community. So because we have that mentality where mm -hmm. my perception was, from the outside going in, I made it was just a thing where we try to take care of each other first, and that's what mm -hmm. made me feel better. Yeah, yo, yep. Did, does, that, does that make sense there? Absolutely. Yes. And and you know what we were talking about that you reaching a certain level of financial success elicited your own personal growth because once Kalu had a finite amount of really security financial security it seemed like that he had to reach you know because he's he's a i mean he's a machine the man he goes after shit goes and gets it he likes to keep that shit moving but he was satiated and then it turned to oh yeah this is our discussion it, before it, we started it turned to personal growth mm -hmm. and it it's it's almost like uh what like that what type of homeostasis, what type of hierarchy of needs thing has to be met in the individual in order for us to make the even transcend things like a cultural value system that served us well to achieve where we got, then our biological predisposition kicks in because we're, we reach homeostasis. Kalu has no desire to continue to consume. He's I really reached, don't. He's reached his satiated limit. He's not one of those that's like, I must keep, I must keep on to the next one. Consume, conquer, destroy, achieve high, aim high, be comfortable. His threshold for comfort and insulation might be reasonably high. But once he's achieved that satiation, it's allowed for personal growth. And and then the question remains like, 
what what do you have to do within each individual regarding the hierarchy of needs, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, for example? What do you have to do in order for that individual to not be just responding to stimuli in order to survive? Yeah, yeah, man, able that's to, interesting. Was it self actualization yeah. as the top? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That it makes me think of. Um, there was, I've kind of been thinking of. It's like a weird idea or a weird concept, like about housing, right? And everyone wants everyone to have a place to sleep, right? I want everyone to have a place to dream. And I think that it's very different. Like when you give someone, it's a, it's one thing to give someone four walls and, and, and heat and air and all this other stuff, but all they're going to do is still sleep. There's still the problems there. And it's hard to dream when you're hungry. It's hard to dream when you're poor and it's hard to dream. But, and all the cool shit that has happened yeah. in the world has been because of dreaming. It's be, been because of dreaming. I don't dreamers. know what made you say that just now, but that's, that was going to be what I described my childhood and my, sure whatever we're calling this thing, mm-hmm. my perspective, that's where it came from. I was raised that way. I was to raised dream. to, yeah. To not accept like the world as it is, mm-hmm. and to well, with not good instruction, but to create that reality that you can imagine. I've been doing that since as long as I can remember. Well, well it, it only happened for me once I got to a point where, if you want to call it being satiated, where it was like mm-hmm. come, like get to a certain point, I guess financially or or, or even just my mm-hmm. sense of self or something like that. Yeah. It was like once I hit that part or once I hit that point it made it easier for me to think about everything else outside of my world it actually made it more enjoyable and the funny thing is that even though I talked to you about wanting to make more money and stuff like that it's only because I want to help more people under like dream or come up with cool shit or Mm -hmm. something or do the things that I couldn't do or that I just don't want to do but can still be very helpful for the world I think you've even converged on the merits of meditation I think and bear with me. I think I'm going to do a solo episode on that. We, and you, you know, we, we've talked about how it's probably not a beneficial thing to be constantly fucking stimulated, whether it be positive or negative. Well, I think even from a cognition standpoint, if you look at cognitive psychology, I think they would say that constantly stimulating an organism, whether it be positive or negative, is going to result in stress on the fucking organism. So if if you can alleviate that constant stimulation it very much I, I feel like frees the individual up to explore that higher thinking so what you know we talk about traditional medicine old school medicine the concept of meditation very much centers around like uh separating oneself from all of this external shit mm-hmm. sensory deprivation chambers Similar concept, just a modernization of that same sure. kind of goddamn principle. I've been doing that since I was like six years old. It, I think wow. it's it's a necessary fucking thing for growth, for human growth. And well, it's and cer- we, it certainly is. And I know we don't. That it can we be just, a, like, we just uh, constantly stimulated now. Yeah, I know. I seek comfort. The comfort and the the circumstances that allow me to think that way much sooner than I than I seek out more practical or objective things, and that can be bad. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I attribute it to not having that extra, you know, uh, element of discipline that might have come from having a dad in the house and stuff like that. But um, um, it's interesting to know that it could have that big of an effect on. I still operate that way. Like I haven't yeah. overcome any of that stuff, but I used to like take the cushions off the couch. Mm-hmm. 
and like get inside of the couch and then put the cushions back on the couch. Really? Yeah. So, you can so, just... it, you know, so I could be in the dark and I would just, yeah. when I did it, I was gone. I'd be really? playing in different parts of the neighborhood. I might be playing with little GI Joe guys, but all I had to do was be completely in the dark and I, I could go anywhere I want to. And I'm just, it was literally like playing to me. It's no, it's the same as playing outside of me. Sometimes yeah. I'd be tensed up because of what I, what, what I might have been doing was action oriented. Maybe yeah. I was doing some ninja stuff, mm-hmm. but all I needed was a, and I'm a little bit addicted to that, yeah. but I know that there's some downside to it as mm-hmm. well. And I don't know how that, any of that relates to what our, what we were talking about was, but um, when, when you were asked the question about. You're, you're talking about uh, removing yourself, removing or depriving yourself of, of like the information, if you want to even call it overload, since it's, that mm-hmm. we're over our, our overall or yeah. overarching theme is on kind of information and stuff like that. Yeah. Are you saying that when you were a kid, by putting yourself into the cushion, into the couch, you can be in other places because you aren't taking in a bunch of information coming in from elsewhere? Is that what you're oh, kind of yeah. saying? Yeah, absolutely. I was speaking more to what I think is some some small portion of our physiology requires that, hmm. just like it, we do sleep. Yeah. And um, maybe... In other areas of human activities, astrology and yeah. exercises like that serve to fulfill that because there's always more that we we are capable of perceiving far more than we're able to process or do anything about. Yeah. So, well, and what's it called? Um, what's flow state called? Kalu? Uh, transient hypofrontality. Okay, so when you're like on a, a a long road trip and you've driven for hours and you mm-hmm. don't even realize that you've been driving. Yep. Like you've just been mm-hmm. doing it. Um, we, if you look at something like that, or you look at, um, being in the shower, Mm. uh, because those are two places that you can't really use your phone. Yeah. And we're talking about right now, this isn't some big abstraction. This is right now you're driving your vehicle or you're, you're in the shower where, are those not, and this this might just be me, but those are two of the places where I get some of my most vivid, like, graphic thinking done. Like, like, right. and, and not, you know, I'm talking about in the shower, I'm talking about graphic thinking. Like, not really like that, but, like, mm-hmm. I get, that's when I really start hashing things out. On a long trip in the fucking car, man, I do some deep-ass thinking. Yeah. But, and, and I guess lesser in the shower, you're not going to, Hit flow state when you in the shower. I, unless I, you're doing the some shower's the maximum for me. <laughs> no, is it? Yeah, showers in the dark, completely in the really? dark. Yeah, if you are not up, if you're listening to this and you have never taken a shower in complete dark, please do that. If I you have, got a headache or something, yeah, my, or migraines, migraine, it's gone. Take a shower. In don't the submerge dark. your hot, head hot if it's a migraine. Yeah, yeah, well, whatever's comfortable to you. Some people like cold showers. I do as hot as I can stand yeah. and mm-hmm. in the dark and I sit down. Really? Yeah, man. Just try it. And now my I big ass. Do I don't know how, to, how that would be. You just be in there looking like big old frog leg. Yeah, I know, dude. <laughs> well, oh my god. But yeah, it's but worth to, doing. But to really? my point, like these these are things that are pretty mundane, right? Like, yeah. I mean, cutting yourself off, even going in and taking a shower, sitting down with the lights off, still a pretty mundane act. There's not a lot of crazy, risky shit involved with it. Mm-hmm. Driving your vehicle riskier but still very mundane fucking activity Mm -hmm. so when you're driving a vehicle for a long fucking period of time you i think that there there are commonalities to say that you're hitting flow state when you're driving which is 
what happens. I think there might be commonalities with meditation as well. Mm-hmm. Hitting a, a static meditative state may, may also be transient yeah. hypofrontality. Yeah. I, I do believe in meditation. Well, and, and that's yeah. the thing. And that's where, that's where we come from is setting boundaries with information, whether mm-hmm. it be, you know, information as the object or information as the subject. You have to be a discerning consumer of information. You have to set boundaries for information and you and you have to know where to cut yourself off and just kind of sort. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm hearing more and more people just like don't have TVs or yeah. have maybe We only one have TV. one TV in our yeah. house. That's Th- it. That's happening even without it being a trendy thing. I hear yeah. that all the time. And I'm like, I bet a lot more people are doing this than just me. There was a lady at work talking about it and she's one of those people that, you know, in the days of Facebook or MySpace would have ironically had her Facebook, so I didn't want to say, yeah, yeah I do that same thing too. She, yeah. But she thought she was saying something unique, although it is a trend, but I'm like, I bet a lot of people are feeling that way and a lot of people are doing it. <clears throat> but like, she was virtue signaling. Yeah. I mean, I have only one TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I hate I've that. Been, yeah, I'm like, a lot of people do that. Like, yeah. I've been not bringing anything digital. She anything might have one TV, but stays on her phone all right, fucking right, day. In, <laughs> into my bedroom at all. And yeah. people used to trip over that. I was like, I don't think it's that rare. And yeah. now I think it's more common still and to have one T, but you're just as addicted to shit as all of us. Yeah. So like, you didn't like trip and fall and have a Facebook. You know how yeah. people are like, I wouldn't even have a Facebook. Yeah. One day, yep. I got out of my car and it just logged me in and now, you know. Now like, I can't stop they, posting. Those people, they want to ironically, yeah. you know, be like, no, you're just as addicted as the rest yeah. of us. But I think to Chris's point, though, we're going to have to grain and uh, develop a new competency in how we interact with this amount of information. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to say, <clears throat> like, Trump, um, the there are no experts. The complete untethering of like language and meaning and uh, facilitating anime mm-hmm. in that way. Um, that's that's a state of that's lawless wild west shit. Like yeah. it's it's chaos. It's sowing fucking chaos. And then at the other end of the fucking spectrum, you have um, and and that's I'm leaving out a big piece. That is all subjectivity. That's that's placing subjectivity in the fucking driver's seat and putting the pedal yep. to the fucking metal, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're empowering each individual to the fullest fucking extent being like, no, your subjective reality is what's driving all of this. You the fucking man. You an American. Like, all of this. It's subjective. Subjective, subjective. Yeah. And there is no normlessness. Or mm-hmm. there's no norms. It's, okay. it's whatever you want it to mm-hmm. fucking be. It's not a productive fucking state, it's and not. it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. The other end of the spectrum is all objectivity, and that's like, and if we wanted to make it political, that's all. That's like communism. Like mm-hmm. objectively, communism works, but in mm-hmm. practice, in subjective practice, communism doesn't work because yep. people don't fucking work in those terms. Yeah, they don't. So you look at social constraints being so fucking high. Mm-hmm. Objectivity, if if objectivity is is running the game, then social constraints are going to be a fucking plenty. Yeah. If anime is running the ship, then it's going to be absolute chaos and we have no frame of reference for anything. There's going to be not enough constraints to keep us tethered to fucking reality and keep society running in a sustainable manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. 
I like this discussion that we've got. It actually has sparked a couple different ideas that I have. I really want to do a, a little thing on uh, a place to dream. Uh, I think that there is a, there's a big difference in having a place to sleep versus a place to dream. I kind of want to make something up <laughs> about that. Uh, anyway, that's just a side thought for me, but we're at, an, we're at an hour and 42 minutes. So, um, let's get some shameless shout outs in. This was a good, I thought that this was a good discussion for me. It's I've always liked whenever we have talks like this, because it just opens up like all yeah. kinds of new thoughts in my, in my head. Now I'm like, I want, when I go home, I want to tell my wife that I want to create, I want our bedroom to be a place that is conducive to dreaming, not just sleeping. Well, and she's going to spit in your face. She'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> I don't want this. No, I just, I feel like there's, and I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like, but I just want to have a place you where I can get dream. into some feng shui and shit too. I like. have a feeling that it might turn to that because I, just like what? I was just saying, like there's so much good that can be done from giving people the the ability to dream about doing good shit. And so that's what I think I want to. Well, create. you remember when we first started this shit, you was like, and, and we were talking about how uh, people use like animals as symbols for like strength and ferocity yeah. and shit. And Kalu's like, man, fuck that shit. I'm like, I was we, like, he's I like, we are the most ferocious animals. We're the animal. most ferocious animals. And I'm like, Why wouldn't you I'm like, goddamn granted. Like we are the most ferocious <laughs> fucking animals on the planet. Yeah. But do you think now that mm-hmm. we're like over 80 conventional episodes deep, do you feel a little bit more towards the end of the spectrum of like, uh, rather than us, Conquering nature more like this harmony, this this flow with how I've always are. I've always thought that there's um there there should be a harmony and a flow. I think that we should respect animals and stuff like that. But to te- but to say that they're somehow I, I just recognize no I'm we're 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 higher up on the on the chain. That's that's me being objective, if you will. That's me taking in information and be like, oh, this elephant's beautiful, but this rifle makes this elephant gone if I want. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, you can respect this tiger and this lion and all this other stuff, but yeah, humans can still be better if we wanted to. We can think about being. What about all the parasites to be living on our bodies? Sure. And we're still here. I know, but they. They live in rent free on us, like uh, yeah, yeah. That's true. But dogs, I'm just, dogs. We they just look at us and we're like, oh, I'm gonna well, take, feed you. I'm gonna <laughs> take care of you for fucking ever. Yeah, it's a subjective measure of success, sure, sure. even in of itself. And it's we're the most capable of, of destruction. Superior. Yeah, we are the most. We are the most adept. We could possibly. De- well, we definitely could destroy the entire world. But it's just like Mark, Mark had said in the last episode, like humans are the only animals that can create their environment. Is that what you said? Yeah. We we, we have mastered our, we, we have mastery over our environment. Every, yeah. every part of it physically. To the that point alone. that we become our environment. Yes. That's, that's the important part, I think, from, from my perspective. And <clears throat> we like, like other animals have to worry about the weather mm-hmm. and the trees and other predators. We have to worry about other human other beings, human in, our, beings. Other, in our own minds. Yeah, and that's that's why I I won't glorify another animal because we can just and, and truthfully that knowledge makes me say like we should protect them more. Now I still agree with like what I was saying in the you know before we started the episode like 
if if you see that animals are ruining an environment, there needs to be a culling to be able to That's control the some of that stuff. That's the bullshit I ever hear those hunter talks say. <laughs> I, I, I hate when they say that shit. Uh, you want to kill something because you have a proclivity to kill stuff. I do like. I don't. I don't have, have a proclivity. No, to kill you don't. I, do yeah. like I, I bet you don't. But I do uh, like that's why I didn't say yeah. it earlier because I know you're not one of those kind of people. And that's just me being a dick and having fun. <laughs> but because what do I know? But when they're on there, and I swear. Joe Rogan's almost holding the hand of the other guy on the thing, and they're both just like like jacking each other here. off. When they're talking like, about, uh, and I had to, I had to kill. It. Have you ever heard that? When yeah, a cop yeah. or a white guy, something goes crazy. Now <laughs> I had to, I had to. They literally, and I'm telling you, I have to read this book. I forgot to bring it up here again, which I have to read that book. The irrational impulse is even hard for them to understand, mm-hmm. and so it's good for uh, uh, an anthropologist to treat it. Objectively, yeah. to say, hey, there might be a thing going on here, and I think I want to call it the Iceman inheritance yeah. or the Crohn's complex, because at least you have a working model on, oh, these are where these impulses come from. Let me balance that out yeah. so that I'm not blowing off steam yeah. or, or falling victim to these impulses and killing somebody who I maybe yeah. wouldn't want to. Let's get that out at another place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hunt all the animals you want. Just just try to keep them in balance. That, yeah, you want yeah, them to I be there to keep, hunt. You don't exactly. want to hunt them until they're all gone. Well, and, it, and I only believe in hunting also, things that you can eat. Don't 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 make an upfront excuse because it's so easy for us to do that with the immense nation information. Deers will ruin your city. No, the fuck no, they'll they stay away because it's too loud. Well, and it's just talk. it's just no, they won't. It's yeah. just no. I like to kill deers. Here's an added benefit that may not satisfy your sensibilities, my vegetarian friend, mm-hmm. but wouldn't you rather I kill a deer a few times a year than have that ir- almost irrational aggression express itself somewhere else in our cooperative society? I wonder if we could strike a balance. Mm. That's what you should say. Yeah. I want to kill stuff every now and that then. It sounds like that. I, I could eat. be doing drugs with uh, the people that are addicted to like, wow, you know, World of Warcraft and shit like that. Could is be that like, what it sounds like? Well, yeah, so it's kind of what it sounds like where uh, someone's like, well, your your addiction to this video game is ruining. And what's, then they'll say, well, well at least I'm not doing well, drugs. I'm okay. I'm Tyler Durden about that part. <laughs> I'm okay with, 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 with um, marvelous self-destruction. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I have no problem with hedonism and stuff. You can you can destroy yourself in any way you want. Though. I think it's cool, and I think it's a part of the spectrum of our dominion over our reality that you described earlier. Mm-hmm. We're the only creature that can do that. Yeah. I can just sit here and play wild and eat bad food till I die. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. Well, sure. And, and I will say that there there is a component to yes. There's this inexplicable desire for me to go and hunt. Mm-hmm. And it's not the act of killing that's that's satisfying. Uh-huh. Honestly, and, and it sound like some corn dog old poor poor me shit. And I know there ain't no poor me shit. Like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, I love the deer. No, it ain't like uh-huh. that. I'm being a selfish uh-huh. creature. I'm consuming you. Maybe. I'm taking oh, you. No. However, the thing is, is that when when I do things like that, when I have done things like that, and and how I was raised and the culture that's associated with it to me is acquainting oneself with the reality of what we're doing. And it is Mm -hmm. showing an animal as much respect as you can if you're going to eat it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which is not a lot. Granted, to people that are listening, like I'm... You know, you, you're eating the motherfucker. It's dead. Mm-hmm. That's There's not a lot of honor in that. That's a selfish fucking act. You did that. Okay, let's move on from there. We've made that mm-hmm. acknowledgement. Where you go from there is the fact that you had this animal, 
that you stalked, you killed, you did the entire process, the ugly Mm -hmm. sausage-making process, so to speak, yourself. And I've experienced sadness. And again, oh, poor me, but you don't. the, The actual killing, the removing of life... With me, at least. And I think a lot of like hunter gatherer or more Mm -hmm. like rural communities, Mm -hmm. like indigenous people and shit, probably encapsulate this type of predation. Yeah. Whereas it's something that you do and you pay honor to it and you almost deify the creature to a degree. You pray for your prey. Yeah, to a degree. And and again, with me, I'm not going to say that 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 mysticism is associated Mm -hmm. with it, but to me, it's it's much more ethical and I get a lot of satisfaction knowing that I took a healthy animal from a thriving population. Um, I provided myself with food. I used as much of the animal as possible and that animal had its chance. It, Mm -hmm. It had its opportunity. Lot fed cattle. Yeah. It's a whole other thing. And people that eat lot fed cattle or, or swine that have never seen the light of day will will turn around and point their finger at a motherfucker like me that will kill mm-hmm. an animal and, mm-hmm. you know, go through the gory process myself yeah. and consume it and act like I'm a savage. And that's an interesting mm-hmm. element as well is that yeah. people are willing to imbibe in the fruits of. Mm-hmm. Of other people's dirty and work and, and goddamn why, labor, but when 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 they get to looking at the work that went into yeah, it, yeah, well, that, they're savages. That, that's why I like to make those kind of contrasting statements. A lot of times, it makes people um, get the impression that I'm I'm being uh, fashionably cynical or an edge lord, as they like yeah. to call them. I'm really not. My yeah. position on it's usually a lot less boring. Yeah. I mean, a lot more boring. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually not that exotic. I do that to show the contrast of how. The, the reality I like to operate in is probably somewhere in the middle. Sure. I mean, sublimate what you do. That's the human thing. Mm. The human part is not the impulse to get sustenance so I have to kill an animal. All kinds of animals are doing that, right? Yep. The human part is not just the... rationalization of a irreconcilable reality. I had to kill yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's not that's it's different. Most animals don't seem to be doing that. Mm-hmm. But the human part is the buffalo dance. Mm-hmm. You know? The saying thank you to yeah. the herd of buffaloes that are gonna sustain us this winter. Yeah. Because we gotta take a few of them out. Mm-hmm. That part is simultaneously it's subjective, it's irrational, but it satisfies whatever that guilt or whatever it is we feel in us. So I'm saying sublimate it. Make the hunting, make it as sophisticated as humans are. Don't just stay at the base level fighting about it. Own it. It doesn't matter for what what reason you do. There's clearly a lot of reasons. But it's human when you break it come full circle. Yes. And kind of yin yang about it. That's sure. why I say those kind of contrasting Instead things. Instead of acting like that you're, where I really you have no onus. Personally. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know. Like it was my responsibility yeah, to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's my duty. Yeah. To kill this animal. Right. Just sublimate it and make it come full circle. And then, you know, 
Yeah, that's that's the human thing to do. I right like there. it. I like it. Do we have any shameless shout outs? Well, we gotta give a shameless shout out to Tyler Young at Grade A Performance. Yep. Um again, I I don't know what his availability is. I know he's terribly busy, but if he has a spot for you, yep. snatch that shit up. Um, he was gonna jump on today, but his work schedule was, yeah, was a little off. He wasn't gonna get off until later yeah. and we got hood rash shit to do anyway. Yeah. Like, and, and we um, got him we'll, we'll have him for part two of our, our uh the greatest lie ever told episode. Yeah, absolutely. About that one. Mark, and, do you have any? Oh, Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, well, and I wanted to give a shameless shout out to uh, uh, BG Powerhouse. Yeah. To uh, we've been hitting that motherfucker pretty hard here good, lately, good. and uh, best thing that ever happened to me is uh, my old gym closing. So yeah. shout out to BG Powerhouse. It's the place to be, Kalu. Huh. Nah, you raggedy bitch. <laughs> nah, I'll be all right. <laughs> you fucking bitch. Come on. Is there a monolift at BAC? Is there a what? Exactly. I don't. I mean, I, I just don't care anymore. No, the monolift would help you, especially with your knees and shit, because you can plant everything. And you don't have to walk it out of the rack. Yeah, truthfully, I've you been, don't even be fucking with free weight squats, do you? I no, I do with with Tyler's plan, you know. No. But like, uh, I just, I've really just been having more fun lately. I, I guess the last week since I've said I'm not really going to do heavy anymore after hitting my goal. Like, I've been having a lot of fun. Like. Being on a treadmill or being on a elliptical or on a bike and like listening to an audiobook or just like watching a movie or something like that. And I just leave feeling better. I, f- I feel like I kind of need that for a little bit and then I'll focus on other stuff. And I just, I just like why you don't want to get them gains because I hit 405 and I'm just like, eh. Yeah, now I'm just I'm just good now. And I hit it clean and uh, like everyone, like I talked to a couple of people today. They're all like, you could have done more. And I was just like, I like being at that point right there where it was just like, it didn't feel like a struggle. It didn't feel like anything. And I was just happy. So now I just want to uh, trim up and, you know, just do my thing, eat a lot more, eat a lot better. And I've been pretty good. Um, Last night was a little bit rough. I mean, we went to. You haven't been eating your quinoa? Uh, no, no, we went to uh, uh, Smoky Bones and um, oh, I fucked some Smoky Bones. Yeah, up. I had some smoked chicken wings and they were fantastic. Just, and then if uh, if you need ribs quick, fast, in a hurry, yeah, that's what I hear about the place. If you need ribs or bananas, if you, they never ate them. If you need some quick ass ribs, it's not it's not yeah. bad. What like, about yeah. that Mongolian though? Oh man, Mark, I that after I after my after I ate that, that's what I feel. I was like Mongolian helped me hit four hundred five. Because like when I the next day four or five after that yeah that's I how did. Genghis yeah. Khan conquered the fucking planet I, I mean I ate like Genghis Khan and came in there and threw some big old weight but uh, <laughs> no it, it was funny, funny. I, I did shit I did if a redneck eat. dude pronounced it Genghis Genghis Khan man but I didn't uh, I really didn't eat until about maybe seven o'clock the next day I was just like okay this is I need to chill and so I'm going to uh, Thanksgiving the day before Thanksgiving I'm going to do a 24 hour fast. Uh, and then uh, I'm, I'm kind of I think I'm gonna go ham. So uh, I'm just excited. But um, you talking about ham? No, I'm, I'm gonna go turkey. Yeah, turkey and ham. I got a turkey mm-hmm. for three dollars and like seventy yeah, cents. Yeah, th- hey, listen, it's go and buy someone a turkey There's, because it's thirty five cents a pound right now. Yeah, they was thirty five cents a pound at Meyer. No. I don't know. Capitalism, man. Get a they got turkey eggs. Try to do the fry. I I'm not fucking with that. Every year. 
No, I don't want to. It, it looks too dangerous for you. Yeah, it? yeah. I don't have that that's kind the, of that's dexterity. That's the fun part. To... I want to go like all Alton Brown on it <laughs> yeah, and see cool. if I can fry it without blowing stuff up. See, that's some old, that's some old apparatus. world genetics. You're like, no, I've seen too much go wrong with that. Well, no, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't have genetics. Have like, hands. let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have steady enough hands, man. I, I like it'll oh, they'll be shaking. Stretch. Your hands aren't involved. That's the whole fun. You gotta no, make a. Weird science. You're gonna make a jig and yeah, it to like lower, lower it. it. Yeah, you got a plexiglass in front of you. That's the whole reason I want to do it. Oh my god! To gosh. see how safe I can make it to <laughs> make awesome. it work. And then you yeah. If you don't, thing, if you don't skate out. on yeah. the edge of so oblivion, then they fun. Oh yeah, because that's how I right. see people do right. that in in Emerson County. They just do it in a pit. Yeah, like, that's right. Why I'm there. Like, uh, they might not even take all the feathers off. They, <laughs> seriously, the, seriously. the turkey's still going. <laughs> they still turds <laughs> hanging out of his ass. That's how they. That's, that's how they do them. Crazy. Yeah. Um. So I don't have any big shameless shoutouts or anything like that. Um. I hope everyone has a good uh, shameless shout break. out to Michael Dudikoff. Who's that? Google it. Huh. You have oh, to God. Google it. Shameless shout out to Michael Dudikoff. This is something's gonna happen here. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. And all the oh, people yeah. out there who don't have to Google it. Let's see. He's an American actor, martial artist, known for his hold on. <laughs> he was a uh, Born in 1954, an American actor and martial artist known for his lead roles in action films such as the American Ninja series, uh, Avenging Force, Platoon Leader, River of Death, Soldier Boys, Bounty Hunters, Bounty Hunters 2 Hardball, and many... <laughs> this dude looks like a fucking chotch, man. <laughs> Who is this guy? American Ninja, dude. Oh my too young God. for that shit. Is this the one where it was like over-the-top gory? No. No. no, 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 no. American okay. Ninja was just like it was like the streamlined like what late eighties, early nineties version of like if uh, what's his name uh, Christian Bale looking motherfucker was just a a badass at ninjutsu. Really? Yeah. Like it, Billy it was, Blanks type. It shit? was white. Folks appropriating Japanese culture, I guess, was what it would be interpreted as now. Fair enough. Yeah, but probably. Yeah, they probably catch a little. It was so cool though, man. But I think we didn't. <laughs> for the sake of this Egypt. room, like I, I can't lie. I get a little offended when I'm in the Melungeon groups and it'd be like somebody that has one ancestor that's Melungeon, like six generations back, and I'm like. But that that may be because when my is identity is so. Well, that's the thing. I don't know like, when it is because I've been wondering that. I like when when people do cornrows yeah, yeah. and celebrate black culture. Either. I'm trying yeah. to figure out which things are appropriation. It's, is it the fact that we don't make any money off of hip hop? Is that it? I think we all I, get I, shame I think about an episode that. About I think that. If, if you're yeah, if it's episode if it's used. Like in a, a exploitative manner. Oh, but what's exploitation? If you didn't get know. to it first, or what? If well, you didn't make money but, off it first. But yeah, that's the thing. Is like if it's uh, it's got to be pretty grotesque for it to be cut and dry. Yeah, it's okay. got to be pretty on the nose for it to be cut and dry. And like I was saying, I I'm just making a dumbass acknowledgement because like my racial identity is so fucking vaporous anyway. Yeah. That whenever like I'm like yeah I'm Melungeon. My people been knowing this shit for fucking generations, and then I don't know what the fuck has happened in the past few years, but all these Melungeon groups on Facebook just be popping yeah. up, and they be posting a, a relative from like, you know, eighteen. Yeah, so few people. Eighty-eight. Yeah. Internet might help it. It might help it. Yeah. It might. Everybody kind of. It's mostly white people. Identity now. So. <laughs> it's mostly just just white people that are like my great great grandmother oh, on my father's okay. side is a Collins, and I'm like. 
That's oh. not what that means. Being a Melungeon, it's it's a reciprocity between like family name, surname, and culture, and yeah. then genetic identity too. But anyway, that that don't fucking matter. We basically we we're in agreement in this room, and don't nobody really give a fuck about that kind of shit Fair around here. Fair enough. Now right. if now reach out to us if you've been wronged personally by appropriation. Um. Explain well, I, I want to make an episode Ex- of it. Explain it. Yeah. Well, explain it in fifty words or less, though. <laughs> I be goddamn. Don't you be fucking <laughs> blowing up on your inbox with some convoluted <laughs> hysteronics. Fifty words or less. Also, go ahead and and send in if you want your natal chart cast too. Clue, you know what? Clue will sponsor it. <laughs> send in city, state, and you must know the exact time you were born. It matters down to the minute. If you don't know that, it don't work. Because the celestial bodies are always in motion. Send that in. Kalu is dying to know. Oh my God. Anyway. Yeah. I hope you guys have an awesome holiday break. I don't care. Uh, yeah. I mean, eat a bunch of food. Come back fat and happy. And Some of y'all uh, cool. We will, <laughs> we will see you all next week. Hopefully, we can have Tyler on for part two. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Hopefully, we can have him on for part two. You guys know where to follow us. That's at the Salumist on uh on Facebook and then, or, and then also go to the at the Salumas podcast on Instagram. We're still taking donations. Um, I've gotten a few in last week. So um, now it's just a matter of taking that money and doing some cool stuff with it. Uh, we're going to probably do that closer to the holiday season. Um, I know we're kind of, we're getting into it, but I think as we get closer, there's going to be more sales. There's going to be more opportunities to be able to have a greater impact when prices are lower. So thank you all so much for everything. We hope you all have a good time. I hope this episode uh, was one that you can find value in. Yeah. We, sorry, sorry. I was so word salady. This honest to okay. God, like it's been a series of real heavy duty discussions and I've just got real excited about a lot of the concepts in here. And I feel like, we unpacked a lot of shit, at least for me. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, I, if, if I'm mouthy and I've talked too much and it's just me being selfish, and I'm Fair sorry. Enough. Well, you guys know where to hit us up. We love you. Take care. And we are out. Peace. <laughs>